All right, welcome back to another episode of On the Throne Podcast. And, uh, you know, shout out to Senjin Boychuk for that incredible intro song. As always, you know, the guy's just ripping right along. And he's grown a lot on social media now, too. Pretty pretty interesting fella. And, you know, right right in the wheelhouse of uh, this week's guest, Brian, Brian Andrews. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. How are you guys? Oh, dude, you know, it's it, we're coming out of winter here in Canada, especially in Alberta. I work in the oil patch in Canada and we're coming out of winter, so it's 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 nice. You know, mm. we're, we're we're in spring. It's well, it's been a hot it's been a hot spring. Uh it's been an unusually warm spring. It's been 30 something degrees every now and then, very little rain, yeah. which is weird for this time of year. We we have what we call in the oil field spring breakup. And <laughs> it's when uh, Everyone kind of breaks up for spring and, mm-hmm. and lets the, all the all the uh, frost thaw out of the ground and it gets muddy. So it gets mm-hmm. hard to get on location a lot. And, you know, we, we didn't really have that this year. You know, it went it went from it was also a mild winter, but it went from cold to warm just like that. Yeah. And it's creating it's creating a bit of a mess up in up in northern Alberta right now. So how you know, it's how cold does it get up there? Oh, I've worked in minus 56, minus 57. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the coldest I ever worked was like, it was like negative 30 wind chill in Iowa. But... I think at minus 40 Fahrenheit and Celsius meet up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, but then they take off again, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, the um, minus 56, whatever. I, it got down, it got that cold this winter. But it didn't stay that cold. Yeah, it, it got that cold for a few days, and then it, it got warm again. And you know, when it's minus fifty six, minus fifty seven, minus forty, feels good on the toes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, yeah, I man, I used to hate. That was like one of the worst parts about working on the road was being outside in the wintertime in the north. But like, we're not near as far north as you guys are. I couldn't imagine that. Whereabouts in the north? Where, where, where would you call north? Uh, so for me, it's like uh, Iowa, northern Iowa, and southern Minnesota. Really, it's about the furthest north I really worked uh, for a long period of time in the winter time. Um, but I, the furthest north I ever worked was uh, International Falls, Minnesota, and it was right on the border with Fort Francis, Ontario. So. Okay, yeah, I'm from uh, Ontario originally. I'm actually from close to Toronto. Okay. Um, but I live out in Alberta West in Calgary, Edmonton. I'm, I live in Calgary. I'm moving back to Edmonton, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and the furthest north I've ever worked is Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, which is way up there right. for you. For you, for us, it's I think it was like a 15 or 16 hour drive. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like, I don't know, just even thinking about that seems like otherworldly to me. Oh, dude, you know what they say, right? Uh, well, you, I guess you wouldn't know what they say, but up here we have a saying, you know, if you can survive in these conditions, these are some of the harshest, harshest conditions oh, yeah. in the world. If you can survive up here, you can survive anywhere. Yeah. But I love the heat, but I don't think I can handle 120 in the shade in Texas. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude, I think also another thing, which you guys probably have humidity and shit there, um, but like – in the Midwest and even in Minnesota and stuff like that. And down in Texas and stuff, there's, it's just so humid, dude, that like you walk outside and even if it's only 90 degrees, you're instantly sweating. Yeah. So much moisture in the air. Yeah. Well here in Alberta, we're landlocked, right? Um, 
Calgary, Edmonton, all that, Fort McMurray, we're landlocked. And and it doesn't get that humid here. In the summer, when it rains, it's cold. It's a cold yeah. rain. Whereas where I'm from originally in Toronto, it's humid as fuck mm-hmm. in, the, in the summertime. And when it rains, it's a hot rain. It hurts when it touches yeah. your skin, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, that's where, like, Missouri's kind of, like, right smack dab in the middle of the United States, you know? So it's, it seems like which this winter, hell, it wasn't even that bad. I think we only had really one week where it was like negative six Fahrenheit, you know, for like a week or something like that, and that was the coldest it got. And then we didn't even get that much snow. I bet all winter long we probably only got six or eight inches. So My wife got six or eight inches <laughs> yeah. all night long yesterday. <laughs> what I'm saying, dude, it's, it's like uh, – and then in the summertime, dude, also it gets like – 100 110 sometimes yeah i don't even know what that is in celsius man i i i i I couldn't even i know okay so i know 40 degrees i think is 100 Uh so 40 celsius is 100 fahrenheit i'm pretty sure it goes like i'm not sure though don't put me on that i'm not i'm not an expert yeah that was (laughs) like it was so weird too because like i I, when I, i remember working in uh that northern part of minnesota and it was in like the fall and it was just starting to, you know, really get into fall and stuff like that. So it would be like 26 degrees at nighttime. And then it would get all the way up to like 70 degrees during the day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a huge jump in temperature. You know what I mean? You go yeah. go to work wearing a coat and then you want to like by lunchtime, you're like sweating to death. Oh, yeah. That's like uh, up here in the spring. Uh, you you're going to work wearing a sweater. <laughs> yeah. You might you might put that sweater on six or seven more times before the afternoon, before home yeah. time, right? And and uh, I made a video there a couple of weeks back. I might have jumped the gun on it a little bit, but it got it got did pretty well. Not not as well as some of yours do, but yeah. you've got also a lot bigger following. So um, I made a video, and it's like every Albertan today, right? And I and I switched the the, the thermostat in the truck from heat to AC. Oh, and yeah. and it and it went it is time remember yeah. right and yeah it did fairly well i think we got like a hundred thousand views on it yeah dude so, yeah and that's that's that is how it is though it's crazy because like here I, it doesn't get like that i mean it, it'll get to like 40 or something at night but if it's like 40 in the evening it's only getting to like 60 65 maybe during the day so so you're from missouri mm-hmm. so how close to st louis uh, I'm about three hours straight shot, basically. I mean, I got to drive a little bit to get to I-70, but, um, so yeah, like three hours straight west of St. Louis and then like an hour and a half, almost straight east of Kansas City. Yeah. So are you a St. Louis Blues fan? No, no, I don't really watch hockey, man. <laughs> to be honest with you, if I was going to be a hockey fan, I, it would be, I would be a Blues fan, but I just, I've never... Never really got into it, which is so crazy to me because it's like it when I think about sports and stuff, like I'm so obsessed with North American football and stuff like that. And uh, I like it's so weird because in other parts of the world, you don't realize that it's not that huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't even have an NFL team right. in Canada. We, we They're talking about one uh, in Toronto, which right. is – whatever they've got the only uh major league baseball team there so yeah, yeah. uh in canada and uh i don't even know who would ha- i think you guys had the rams right the st louis rams yeah, and they yeah. moved to vegas didn't they uh they moved to la la okay yeah. all right so you yeah. don't have one now 
not in St. Louis. No, we got Kansas City Chiefs, though. They're yeah, oh, you're the yeah. KZs. So you're are you a big um what the hell's his name now? Uh Mahomes fan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big, big time. Mahomes. It's crazy, dude. I remember when we drafted him, I was like just really starting to pay attention to like cap and stuff like that, you know, and like be a super fan or whatever. And uh I remember when we drafted him, I was a huge fan of Alex Smith. He was the quarterback we did have already. And we traded up to number 10 to get Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, dude, I never even heard of this guy. Like, what are we doing? You know, we're, we're blowing this whole draft. And now we're, you know, serving up a dynasty on a silver platter because platter of him. So I'll take it. Take it any day of the week. I don't really pay attention to football, but I do yeah. know Mahomes is one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid player uh, in the NFL. Yeah, he was like when they did his deal, it, his uh, new contract after his rookie contract, they signed him to a ten-year, uh, half a billion dollar, but four hundred and fifty million guaranteed. And like now, they're already talking about restructuring it because after all these new quarterback deals, after this year, he's like the seventh highest paid or something like that. So, wow. Yeah, it's just it, it's because of a like a yearly thing. Like his his contract is ten years long. You know what I mean? And most of these other quarterbacks are getting four or six year deals, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, but now for Patrick Mahomes, when they restructure, it'll be interesting to see like if he takes less money so we can keep some of these other guys, you know. Um, but which I think he will. I mean, he's already making, you know, fifty million dollars a year. So Yeah, and and not to not to even mention his endorsement deals, <laughs> yeah, right? The guy's yeah. a billionaire. So yeah, I was gonna say and he's he's part owner in the Royals um and the um sporting KC soccer team. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. He's like a minority owner in in both of those. So I mean he's he's getting money from you know, I mean he's he's getting money. But it just one of them things where you hope he kind of takes less money so we can keep winning Super Bowls because, I don't know, every it's like it feels like we're the new Patriots, you know, like they used to be. Yeah. And a lot of those, like, fans, I remember I just used to hate them so much because I hated Tom Brady and stuff like that. But, like, now that we're on this side of the fence, it's like, mm, you guys weren't so bad after all. Hey, you know <laughs> – in, in the world of hockey, my team is sort of – I'm a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Mm -hmm. And on paper, they are one of the best teams in the NHL. On paper. Right. And up until this year, it had been 20 years since they made it past the first round of the NHL playoffs. Oh, really? And it's been almost 60 years since they won a championship. Mm. Um, but so – they made it past the first round this year and it was off a fluke goal. And I was super <laughs> excited. I was pumped right now. They're playing the Florida Panthers and they're down three games to none in, uh, yeah. in the second round They're they're If they don't come back from this tomorrow night, I believe they could be eliminated. So, oh, yeah. right. So, and, and they have Austin Matthews drafted first overall. They have Mitch Marner. They, so, so their top four make just over, I think it's 46% of the cap. Yeah. Yeah, see, right. that, it always cracks me up, too. It's almost like with uh, baseball, you see these huge blockbuster deals and stuff like that. Yep. And it seems like for football, they're just kind of a little bit lower. So that's why I always like to kind of – I'm not a huge baseball fan either, but I like to follow those contracts sometimes just because they get massive, dude. I, I went to a Toronto Blue Jays game once, and that's four hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just—I don't know what it is. I didn't grow up playing baseball. Everybody that I'm friends with loves it and everything. So, 
Um, but I just never grew up really, really playing or anything like that. I didn't play in high school or nothing. So I wasn't ever that interested in it. I was, I guess like, you know, everybody was in, in Missouri was a bandwagon fan in t- uh, 2014 and 2015 when we uh, went to the world series back to back years. But, and that was like the last time I remember actually watching baseball, you know, Oh, you were too busy making music. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. And in those days, I was in college. So, you know, everybody was watching baseball, every bar you went to, everybody's house, you know. So, it was, it was, uh, it was cool, though. I mean, it was like just seeing, because the Chiefs were still pretty shitty. So, it was cool seeing us, you know, um, kind of get, just get to win something, you know, in, in KC, because we hadn't, hadn't had that winning culture around here for a long time. So, yeah. So, so speaking of the music, what, um, when, when did you get into that? When did, what, how did that start for you, man? Because honestly, yeah. like when I think I first saw you on TikTok, man, you might've had like 30 or 40,000 followers or something like that. Yeah. And you had me at, I think liquor and pills is when, when, yeah. when, what drew me in. Then I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So, um, when I, yeah, right when I started putting out videos of liquor and pills, I had about 80 K or somewhere around there. It was like kind of just starting out and stuff like that. And then the day I released liquor and pills, I had a hundred thousand or something like that. So like what, from the time I wrote that song, I was still pretty small, I guess, or kind of on TikTok. but, um, I really started on YouTube cause I put out, like songs that I had written in college and stuff like that. I'm just I, iPhone videos sitting in my hotel rooms at work, you know, and uh, that's really kind of where people started noticing me first. And then they'd start coming to the TikTok, and then the TikTok just like went crazy, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I saw I didn't start playing guitar till I was 17. I was a senior in high school and I took a guitar class, and my dad's the band teacher at the high school I went to high school at. So, um, took that class. And I really still didn't know to this day, I don't know much about guitar. I can just play chords and stuff like that. And I'm good enough to write my own songs, but that's about it. And then I started writing when I was about uh, just turned 19, really, is when I really started. Or, yeah, towards towards the end of my 18th year and, and, uh, and 19 is when I really started writing songs. And then I was in college at the time and uh, ended up dropping out of school, went to welding school, and then started working on the road. And that's when I started writing decent ish songs you know and then yeah just kind of took off right after that i i I got tiktok my third year working on the road and by my fourth year i was able to quit and start doing music for you yeah good for you man that's that's insane um no that's huge so you you haven't even been recording for like or making music for 10 years yet because you said 17 right you're you're only 26 right yep yep yeah i i I saw that in one of your videos and every 26 year old living at home in their mom's (laughs) basement right and uh man those those songs are incredible and and just so relatable your new one there i can't remember what lonely yep yeah 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 man that's i have that on my i have that (laughs) on my uh on my thing now and uh, my wife's like, man, why do you why do you listen to songs like that? Like, I've been married for <laughs> yeah. I've been married to my wife for ten years. Yeah. I've been with her for seventeen, and you know, liquor and pills and lonely. And she's mm-hmm. like, you can't even relate to that. What the fuck? And I'm like, no. But it's the guy behind the music yeah, I relate dude. to, and the songs are and and the music is just 
it's it's good right i relate more to rolling smoke and, yeah. and stuff like that right because you know i work on the road and yeah. and as that shit hits home right so yeah, sure, but but you know like liquor and pills man it just had there was something about it that just drew me in you know yeah i think that was just the like really light bulb moment for me you know was when i kind of put out those that song and like I don't know. I mean, just kind of, we're starting to write back towards that, that style of like, you know, mental health and addiction and stuff like that. Um, and I think it was just the rawness and like authenticity of that music that was drawing people in as, as well as like relatability to, you know, anybody who's been through addiction or, or anything like that. So um, those songs are always going to be like probably my biggest songs, you know, like even, even I remember I pray, you know, it wasn't about, I mean, it kind of was, but it wasn't really about doing drugs or anything like that. It was just, you know, being depressed and, and shit like that, you know. So just that that rawness and, and authentic music is really what works best for me, especially, that you know, like even with Rolling Smoke. Um, like that's just I mean, I, I, I recorded those songs in my bedroom closet and they were like demos, basically. You know what I mean? They're, they're not super polished. They're not, you know. I wasn't I still wasn't recording the best vocally. You know what I mean? I didn't have the sound I have now and it was still so, like I said, just raw and bare bones that I think people really, really related to it because that's what the road life is like, you know? So. Yep. It is. I, I remember hearing, uh, you know, I, I remember hearing, I think you did an explanation for Rolling Smoke and, you know, you wrote it because your buddy, you know, you went to pick your buddy up yep. and, and he, you're backing out of the driveway and he was kind of finding it hard to leave and his oh, kids dude. were at the door screaming. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, Hey man, you want to go and eat supper with your family? We can leave after. Yep. Right. And, and, and that was like, Oh man, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing that video and I was like, damn, that's, that's everybody that works in the blue collar lifestyle that, that works away and, yeah. and in the oil field stuff like that, you know, um, there's a lot of people like me personally, I like to leave in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I like to, I like to get up there, uh, four five, six, seven hour drive. I like to get into camp yeah. or wherever <laughs> I'm going hotel, whatever. I like to be there by dinner time, and I yep. don't like driving in the dark. Right. So yep. I, I like to leave decently early, but there's been times where it's like, it'd be nice to have one more dinner at home, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but that's harder on everyone as well, you know, because oh, I mean? yeah. it, the inevitable is still coming. Yeah. Right? dude. It was like, we, we used to, and like, that's a true story too. I, that, that's exactly why I started writing that song. I, I started writing it that night when we got back, finally got back to Chicago. And uh, I don't know, man, it was just like, I, I think that everybody that has worked on the road has had that moment where they're backing out of the driveway and if they have kids or, you know, who like whatever it is, your wife, your kids, whatever, they're just fucking staring, watching you leave, you know, and you know that you just want to turn right back around. And I swear to God, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. I'll never forget that moment because he just started crying and he looked at me dead in the face and he was like, work on the road. They said it'd be worth it, they said. And then he just started bawling. So I just put the truck in park. And I was like, hey, let's just go back inside for a little bit and then we can take off later. So but I mean, I, yeah, just like you said, it's it's hard because you want that extra 10 minutes or you want that extra 30 minutes or whatever. And then there's a lot of times too, where like I'll talk to my buddies that do have kids that still work on the road, you know, that they'll get home on Friday evening or something like that. And then Saturday they want to see their friends or, you know, 
spend time with their kids, whatever it is, but they want to be doing something fun. And then they feel like that they just kind of had their priorities mixed up. And then when that time comes to leave, they're like, shit, man, I should have spent 10 more minutes with my kid, you know, getting her ready for her school or whatever the fuck it was, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, so it's just, I mean, we used to, we used to sometimes like leave at midnight just to get there at seven in the morning. You know what I mean? Just to, if it was like a seven hour drive or something like that, just so we could spend that just extra time or so he could, you know, um, I, I didn't ever have a family, but I could see how much it, it really bothered. Oh, yeah. Me. Well, so. I, I've been with my wife for, like I said, 17 years and I've been in this lifestyle for 13 or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, before we even had kids, I was working away mm-hmm. and it was even hard then, you know what I mean? Like just leaving her. But back then, you know, yeah. she could come and visit me anytime she wanted to, you know, she right. would, you know, especially if I was in a hotel, she would, she'd drive hours to spend time with me. Just bring me more food. You know what I mean? If yeah, I'm dude. staying away in a hotel, if I'm in camp, they supply the food, but, um, so, and then, you know, I felt, and, and I made a post on Facebook and it popped up on my, on, on this day recently, it was like, every time I leave, it gets harder and harder and another piece of me dies. Right. And I didn't even have kids yet, you know, and, and now I've got two little girls. Right. So that part, you know, uh, that part in rolling smoke, it was like, you know, uh, nothing beats the smile on the face of your little girl. when you, when, when you come back through that door. Right. And man, nothing does, nothing beats that. Right. And so, you know, Boom, that resonates. There's 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 quite a few songs out there. Yeah, I don't know if you know who Brian Martin is, but he makes oh, yeah. some pretty good oil field music. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get back on my oil field kick, to be honest. I just and honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, dude. Like I haven't welded and probably like I don't think I put a beat in anything for two years now. So I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, it'd be nice to just hit a shutdown for a week or something like that, just so I could you know, get back under the hood for five minutes or something. Um, but, and, and also just missing the road life too, because, you know, I, I remember when I was younger, when I first started on the road, it was, it was cool. We would, you know, go out and have beers in the evenings or watch the sunset or, you know, or like go to a bar and have some drinks at some place we've never been, meet new people, stuff like that. And it was fun. But, you know, those, those weekends are always coming around, you know, where you're going to miss people, especially like, dude, if you, if you go to a job, that's only working, you know, five tens or six tens or something like that. And you have a day off and you're sitting there, you're like, damn, dude, I ain't got shit to do today. You know what I yep. mean? So, yep. and but, but sit there and miss your family. So I, for a lot of them guys, I could tell how much it just ate them up. And like a lot of my friends that I worked on the road with, they're not on the road anymore. You know, they found jobs at home and stuff like that. So and it that's wouldn't all, be the same. That's, that's a hard thing to do in itself, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. leaving is hard, but like leaving oh, that dude. lifestyle, it's addicting. Yeah, it's dude, and it pisses me off so much when I post videos like that, and people will get on the comments and be like, "Well, why don't you just find a different job? You know, it's it's not worth missing out on your kids." Like, bro, do you think people are just fucking hiring thousands of welders in my fucking small ass hometown? It yep. don't work that way, you know what yep. I mean? And if they are, it's like fifteen bucks an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're, and I'm sorry, but when you're used to, uh you know, getting in debt and buying side-by-sides and, and shit like that for your family to have fun things to do when you actually are home. It's hard to go from making three grand a week or tw- two grand a week or 1500 a week to making 500 a week. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. You can't just fucking, you can't just sell your house real quick and be like, Hey, by the way, we're downsizing. Cause I'm fucking coming home. You yeah. can't look at your family and be like, you know, well, I've tried. 
Right. I've tried, I've tried to leave the lifestyle a couple times, you know, and I come home and the issue I have is that, you know, I've, I'm gone away and I'm forced to work every uh-huh. single day to when I come home the first nice day where it's beautiful and sunny, I'm calling in sick. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Hey, I'm calling yeah. sick because I have that opportunity. I have that choice. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden my, my new paycheck that might be a thousand bucks in two weeks yeah. is now, is now smaller. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, shit. So, you know, and uh, the lifestyle, it sucks. Yeah. But, you know, um, and here's something, another thing that people don't always understand either. I don't know how much time you guys get off when you guys have time off, but I I go to work for three to four weeks at a time and then I Mm -hmm. go home for seven days. Mm -hmm. I have seven straight days of uninterrupted with my kids. Right. Right. Whereas, you know, if you're working in town, right, you're slaving away, you get up before they're awake. You come home as they're just going to bed or or when they're already asleep, you don't see them. And you do that day in and day out and day in and day out. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's you got a day off, but they're playing with their friends. They're sleeping over at their grandma's house or something. Right. So I come home and I have seven straight days of undivided attention to do whatever I want with them. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's also, that's what I mean too. Like when you get that job at home, like if you're a blue collar guy, I mean, you know, 17, 18 bucks an hour, maybe even if it's 20, you're going to be working or trying to work 70, 80 hours a week just to get close to what you were making on the road. Cause I can tell you right now, once you get it, once you get addicted to two grand or 2,500 or three grand a week, stuff like that, and you try to make the switch back down, you're going to find any way you can to just get back to where you were at. Because your spending habits don't change. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm always talking to young guys. When you get on the road, save money. You know what I'm saying? Splurge a little bit here and there because, you know, I mean, you earned it. You're a young kid. You're going to make dumbass, you know, financial decisions or whatever. So go out and buy a truck or whatever the hell you want to do. But make sure you're saving a little bit so that way when you do have – a chance to take two months off or whatever. You don't have to worry about bills or nothing like that. And you're going to be yep. good for a little bit. I think that's what I have this shirt hanging up here. I just got it from the guy who doesn't live too far from me, the anti-cubicle crew. And it says boots, boots over suits. Yeah. What's your priority? And I'm, I'm wearing the shirt here too, right? Like yeah, um, dude. blue collar crew. Yeah. He, he doesn't live that. I think it's two and a half, three hours away from me. He works away too. Right. Same thing. That's exactly what it is. What's your priority? Are you going to be, are, do you want to make less money and, yeah. and be home every night? We all want to be home. We all yeah. do. Right. But do you want to make less money or do you want to get out there and grind for your family and sacrifice a little bit of today for a better tomorrow? Yeah, exactly, man. That's that's what I'm saying. Like and, and we act like, you know, it's it's just this like nobody can do it type of lifestyle. And I will say not everybody can do this, do the road life and shit like that. But I mean, it's it's not like that. It's not like we're going overseas to fight or anything like that. But yeah. it's, at the same time, it's it's months away. You know, or like when your two year old gets sick and has RSV and she's in the hospital and you got to basically just sit there on your fucking hands because you can't get off work unless she's basically almost dying. You know, my daughter last summer, she fell off a slide at the park, broke her arm in three spots, wrist, forearm and elbow. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm I'm where was I? I was uh, shit. I was probably like eight hours away. Yeah. How am I supposed to get home and, 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 you know, Hey, that's, that's another thing. Shout out to those blue collar wives, man. They, yeah, they got to do everything. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that, dude, I think a lot of people, I posted one video one time talking about how, uh, 
road wives basically turn into single moms when guys go on the road and shit like that. And dude, there were so many fucking women getting in the comp and I might offend some people saying this too, but there were so many women getting in the comment section saying shit like, um, don't compare them to single moms because they at least have the financial support and shit like that. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get that. But they're still fucking taking care of those fucking kids day in and day out with no help. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I mean, I guess they have their in-laws and grandmas or whatever to help out if they absolutely have to, but they're basically by themselves all day taking care of kids who are running around like they're chickens with their head cut off. You know what I mean? Getting sick, all kinds of shit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, even women who have to, because in today's world, you got to have two jobs basically in a household to survive. So yep. when the mom is at work and shit like that, and the kid gets pulled out of daycare or whatever it is because she's sick or something, mom's got to call off work. Well, when she's called off work fucking 13 days and she gets fired, then she can't do nothing about it. She's yep. like, well, there ain't nobody else to take care of my kid. So yep. To that's, me, that's a fucking single mom. You know what I mean? Yep. And we, so we're, we're, we're at, we're in Alberta and Alberta's full of transplants from all over the country, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people moving here with nobody, nobody else, just them and their husbands and their kids. Right. Right. Or, and uh, so not, they don't even have the moms or the aunts yeah. or the grandmas to take care of, of, of the kids. Right? right. And, and luckily for us, we're in a position where, you know, my wife doesn't work, you know, she, I, I make enough for both of us and we're, and we're good. You know, we're not the richest people in the world, but we're, not, we're also not struggling. Right? right. So, um, you know, she gets to stay home with the kids. She uh, my kids, you know, they've all all they've ever known is mom at home to take care right. of them. Right. So they go to school and they well, only one of them goes to school. The other one's three and the other one just start. The oldest one just started school this year. And uh, yeah, so they mom's always there. Right. Yeah. Daycare is expensive. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, so. It's it's been good. I I'm thankful. I'm lucky. I'm blessed. You know what I mean. And it's yeah. it's been a it's been a lifesaver. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's a, like to another point. You know, just uh, like I've seen so many guys that'll get a call from their wife or something like that, and just like you said, you know, they'll be like, well, um, you know, the six year old has you know whatever sickness or whatever, and she's going. We're taking her to the ER, and they're yelling at the husband, and he's like well, what do you want me to do about it? You know? So he just starts getting frustrated because he knows he can't do anything. He wants to, it's not like he don't want to, but it just seems like everybody at the world is mad at him because he ain't there and he can't be there. You know what I mean? So he takes it out on them and it's just a vicious kind of cycle. And I'm not saying that it's right or whatever. I'm just saying it happens. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's something that like individuals have to work through and it's just another obstacle or whatever, but I don't know, dude. It's like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's not even a little. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying it takes like a special breed. But at the same time, I'm saying, you know, it it takes a, you know, there is a saying saying, some can most can't. Yeah. Right. And it's not saying that they can't do the work. It's saying it's not it's not the work they can't do because we talk about this a lot. It's not this kind of toughness. Everyone thinks it is. Yeah, it's this kind of toughness. Yep. Right. And it's braving the elements. It's missing your friends and family. It's it's the food. The food is not the greatest in camp or in, yep. in a hotel. Um, you know, it's it's the lifestyle, the mental grind. Uh, sometimes it hits you mentally. Sometimes it hits you physically. Yeah. Sometimes it hits you both at the same time. Yeah, you say. better be ready for that. That's what I'm saying, dude. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like you said, you know, what I mean, it's it's just 
at the at the same time you'd be working 84 hour weeks or something out there or 72 hour weeks whatever it is you don't get a day off you don't even have laundry done because you've been working two two weeks straight or whatever and you just want five minutes or whatever but you feel like you can't have it you know and so it you just feel mentally defeated and, and physically defeated at the same time but i'll say this like for welders you know when you're new and stuff welding's hard and getting into you know um just just feeling out how to make position wells and like how to really not look like a dumbass out there you know it's, it's difficult at first but once you get the hang of it welding's the easiest part of the job yeah you, you know, know what the hardest part of being a welder is finding enough <laughs> finding enough tissues to try yeah. the tears away yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly bro that's what i'm saying man it's it is though it like the, the work is the easiest part once you get it once you get the hang of it it's it's the same thing every day you're welding on pipe and that's you know that's it or help them fit or whatever it is. But then when you get home and you're fighting that bottle or whatever, because guys have vices out there. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna pretend like they don't, you know what I mean? I, I remember being on the road and we'd go out, you know, sometimes five nights a week, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to wash a buzz down or something, you know, at least, at least catch a buzz or something like that. And I've had, dude, I've, I've seen my friends, like even that guy I lived with, dude, I've seen him just like, knocked out drunk just blackout crying you know because he just misses his family so much and he don't know what else to do besides drink sometimes you know and so <laughs> um and i've done that too you know what i mean like and i didn't even have a family i just was missing home because you know when you especially living in a small town you get to used to like being in a tight-knit thing with your family and your friends and stuff like that and then one day you're just out there in it it's difficult. It's a difficult transition or whatever. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't, I'm not a drinker and I think there's a reason why I don't yeah. entertain it because, uh, my dad was an alcoholic mm -hmm. right? and he worked on the road. Right. So I, I don't want to jump into that. I don't, I, I want to bring yeah. that right then and there. Right. So, yeah. you know, I find TikTok is my vice, TikTok and Instagram and all that. I make content and joke around and, and, and uh, about the struggles we've been through, about the things I've yeah. heard, the things I've said, the things I've seen. Right. So uh, you were talking about um, the 70, 80 hours a week. Right. Yeah. The most I've ever worked in a week is 170. Right. Oh, there's oh. no sleep. And there's only yeah. 168 hours in a week, but <laughs> yeah. I average about a hundred, hundred ish hours a week. Right. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's, I'm not bragging about it. A lot of people, when I talk about it, make videos about it, they're like, look at this no. guy bragging about who's more tired. And I'm like, I'm not bragging about it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I am tired. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, Hey, it happens. It's, yeah. it's happened. And, uh, you know, this is the struggle. This is, this is what I go through. And, and there's so many people out there that have also done this and also gone through the struggle. If you don't like it, if you have never experienced that, move along, go, go, go find yeah. content that you relate with, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, man. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, especially with our younger generation, we're kind of like, yo, fuck all the hours. We don't want to work these, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it ain't like we want to be out here doing this or whatever. And we're not not a lot of young guys are out there bragging about how much they work. I mean, some do, I guess if, if you're really green or something like that and you're just like, whatever, look at my paycheck, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's mostly just older guys, you know, that are still working because they blew all their retirement or didn't save. you know what I'm saying? They'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be doing this till I'm dead. Cause all I do is work. It's like, yeah, oh, all I, I do yeah. 80, 85 hours a motherfucking day. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, on my goddamn job. Yeah. It's because you, you got had soft to. hands, brother. <laughs> Yeah, that's what the hell is there, bro. There's something like that, or, or you walking around a job site and some old dude will be calling you fingers for the next six months, and you'd be like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, the only reason you're here is because you never heard of a Roth IRA. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah. Oh shit. Um, I seen guitars on the back wall there. Yeah, man. That's what are those? A, that one. Let's see. This one is my Gretsch Rancher Falcon acoustic. That's the one I play almost every day. And then this is my electric guitar. It's also a Gretsch Electromatic. Um, and I've been trying to really grind on that one. So yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get better at guitar. You are you able to play something for us? Ah, uh, ah, shit. Fuck it. You know, you know the um, one one line that got me, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but when uh, what's his name was calling for a little bit of outlaw, I don't think this is what he meant. Oh, um, you talking about Luke Combs? Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember the chorus of that song. It's like, uh, yeah, that can't I get in that wall? So I know which one you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. Um, but now, nah, man, I I ain't even played it all today but like we're coming out with a bunch of new stuff that i'm excited for i think one um that i just wrote is like it's kind of like a men's mental health thing oh perfect because i think yeah. this episode goes up the first tuesday in june and it's men's mental health awareness month so oh hell yeah yeah, hell yeah. um let's see let me see if i can remember how i wrote it I've done things that I'm not proud of, but I don't think that I deserve to feel the way I'm feeling now. It's like I'm drowning and I can't get out. When I, yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's like those little lines and then like uh, if I can remember how I did the chorus. Hold on. Yeah, that's what it's. When I'm awake, my brain it breaks. Pray the Xanax will chase all my demons away. When I'm asleep, anxiety brings. Take another pull of that rye whiskey and rinse, repeat. Something like that. Damn, that's not out yet, is it? No, nah, that'll be a uh, that'll probably be the next single we drop. Actually, I just got the full master back. Um, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, it's dude. It's uh, to be honest with you, that's probably my favorite song I've ever written. And I uh, hold on. Anyways, what? I can't wait to hear that one, man. Yeah. I uh, I I talk a lot about men's mental health or mental health in general on this yeah. podcast, and I, I I talk about it a lot. It means a lot to me. My my dad, he we don't get along, and mental health on his part is a lot to do with it. And I know yeah. our relationship has had my mental health uh, strained a bit too. And you know, um, because I work so many hours and stuff like that. Yeah, um, dude. At the beginning of the pandemic. I I went to work and I didn't come home for six months, right? right. And and I spent twenty days at home in two years, right. and that really got me up here, right? Yeah. And and I had two kids, right? Yeah, and man. and a wife, and and you know it was it was hard. It was very hard, and I found myself, you know, in a deep dark hole. And 
no one didn't think I had anyone to turn to, you know, and, and that was hard. That was hard. You know, I had to, I, I discovered myself. I went through a lot of self-discovery and there was a lot of shit I found while I was down there that I didn't like. Yeah, dude, right? that's, that's the silver lining to, uh, I, to be honest, some kind of addiction, you know what I'm saying? Like it, like whether you're not addicted to, you know, you don't have to be addicted to narcotics or anything like that, but um, just being addicted to like the depressive lifestyle, to be real with you. Like um, for me, it was when I was really into it, I was pretty heavy on Xanax and stuff like that and painkillers and, and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll go into the story more in my TikToks and stuff when we get to releasing that song. But um, it was just like a, it was a men's mental health thing. Also, you know, just being addicted to that, shut the fuck up. You know, we can't talk about it type of thing. Um, because it's instilled in men, especially in, I feel like, you know, uh, more popular countries, you know, where men aren't really allowed to show emotion or have feelings or whatever, you know, and if you do, you're just looking for somebody to feel sorry for you, especially in today's world, which bugs the ever living dog piss out of me. But, um, that was kind of the gist of the song and, and that's why I'm excited to put it out. You know I mean? I just... And it's not like I don't think women will relate to it either. I think they will. It's just that, you know, for me at that point in my life, it's about a very personal experience. And and that's what I was going through. And so, you know, because at those points, like sometimes you don't want to wake up. But you ain't allowed to say that a lot. Yeah, so. you you can't say that because now there's now there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Now, now, now you're an issue. Now yeah. you're like uh, you're you're a bummer and you're bringing the whole thing down, right? Yeah. You're bringing everyone else around you down when you say something like that, and it shouldn't be that way. No, nah, man, that's a, that's another thing too. Like I remember you used to go out with friend groups and shit like that, and you didn't want to say much, but at the same time, like you would crack jokes and shit like that about being depressed or you know unaliving yourself or something like that and you're really just wanting somebody to fucking talk to you or somebody to be like hey dude are you okay but it's yep. always like you know just brush it off with a laugh or somebody being like yo man why you got to be a buzzkill or something like that and then people just eventually start stop asking you to go out and yeah like, yeah and dude like everybody's like why don't you just go to therapy or some shit like that like bro where i'm from you don't fucking go to therapy you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that we shouldn't I think we, I think a lot of people should, yep. you know what I'm saying? I just think that in small towns across advanced countries and stuff like that, you are told you don't fucking need a therapist. You need a bush light, you know, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you just need to, you know, get over it basically. But you yep. never say that to a woman, you know what I mean? Never, never, ever. And, you know, I made a video last June during uh, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I was talking about what I just told you about my, my struggle. And, you know, um, a lot of the thing is be a man and suck it up. Yeah. But the manliest thing you can do is reach for oh, that yeah. hand, uh, is ask for a helping hand yeah. or extend your hand or, or reach for that hand that's extended down to you, right? Mm -hmm. That's the manliest thing you can do. That takes a lot of cojones. Yeah. That takes a lot of guts to be like, hey, I have an issue. Yeah, that, that, that was big for me too. I was just about to say the best thing I ever did was uh, finally tell my parents that I had a problem. You yep. Know? Oh, you talked about that in one of your songs, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, man. 
when when I say like you're all over my my playlist, man, you're all over my playlist. My oh, wife's I, like, I appreciate it, man. My wife's like, who are you interviewing tonight? And I'm like, oh, Brian Andrews, you know, yeah. like her and Pills and Rolling Stone. She's like, I don't remember that. I put on the song. She's like, oh yeah, this is all over the playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I can't even put your playlist on without half his music coming oh, yeah. on. I'm like, yeah, because it's it's good music, and I relate to a lot of it. And like yeah. you said, liquor and pills. I don't. I've never done drugs, and I don't drink it's not necessarily the liquor and the pills that you're talking about. Yeah. You no, don't dude. have to be addicted to liquor and pills to be addicted to something that's mm-hmm. destroying you. Oh yeah, dude. And it's like, it's even just a lifestyle, man. People don't understand that. You know, it's like I said earlier about being um, addicted to like just a, a depressive lifestyle, a depressive way of living your life you know just always constantly thinking about bad things or whatever you know and sometimes you just can't help it but that's what i mean with like i'll never be the guy that writes the songs for the teenage girls you know and selling out fucking arenas or amphitheaters with fucking 16 year olds and suburban moms you know single moms or whatever but i'll i'll sell out 350 cap rooms to guys who really need to hear it you know absolutely and i'll be okay with that until the day i'm dead so so do you go on have you been on tour i haven't nope uh i think at this point we're kind of just waiting to see if we can get a hold of a booking agent um, or some kind of booking company you know to to really handle that side of things i do need to play more that's one thing that i want to do um in the coming year and 2024 is, is definitely get on the road and even if we're playing these small venues just get out and play some acoustic shows or something like that because I, dude like especially as an artist like that's the main thing like you want to be able to see pe- people physically uh relating to your music you know so the online presence is great but it's not um it doesn't feel like real life sometimes you know what i mean yeah and that's that's a aspect of the of the career that i really want to get you know what i'm saying absolutely um so you said earlier, like you were able to, with with the music, you were able to get off the road, yeah. and and stay home. Like, so do you have to work in town and and nope. do stuff, or does the music just the music yep. keeps you afloat? That's awesome, yep. man. Yeah, it's paying the bills right now. I signed a licensing agreement, um, in or a licensing deal in uh, twenty twenty two, January twenty twenty two, um, for some songs, and that was a good chunk you know or whatever to keep me keep me going and really i quit before then though i mean i was making just as much as i was making on the road just off of streaming and stuff as soon as i started putting out like uh liquor and pills and home record and then rolling smoke and i pray so good for you man yeah so, it's crazy so like at what at what point you know so how many downloads do you need on a song to start making money off it. I've never even, I never even asked anybody that before, yeah. like, but, but like what, at what point, you know, at what, how many downloads does it start paying off? So for every million streams is what we can, it's kind of the general rule. It's around $3,000. So every time you get a million, it's about three grand. It's sometimes give or take, especially with like iTunes and stuff like that. It'll be around, you know, you could make, I mean, if you're pulling a million streams a month, you could be pulling, 3500 4 grand a month off of that. And like if you sold a little bit of merch or whatever. And, the, and then for me, brand deals on TikTok are a big thing. And, uh, you know, just uh, whatever you can do to make money, which for me, when I first got off the road, 
I wasn't making much, but, and I wasn't making as much as I was making on the road, but I was making still as much as my parents were, you know, at their teaching job and stuff like that. So it was a livable wage. Um, and I'm not, that's, that's kind of the thing with me is like, I'm not, I'm not in it for the money, but the goal of every musician should be to sustain a lifestyle that can supplement, you know, your, your yeah. life and stuff. It's where you can do music full time. So with everything I do, I try to be business first, you know, except for when it comes to writing the songs and making the content really. I, I like how you make your content, man. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. You know, the, the guy comes in, hey, man, I need to I need to get something yeah. off my chest, right? And then play that beat. And, and you know, that that's another part of the content aspect uh, that drew me in, right? Because, you know, you're, you're doing it that way. And it's like, okay, it takes a little bit to get to it, but there's a story there. Yeah. Right? And, and the story builds up to the song and that 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 the story sucks me in and the song keeps yeah. me there yeah that's what i've always said you know um to anybody who wants to be an artist or anything like that or make content the the most important thing you can do is get people bought into you first you know what i'm saying Absolutely. and that's that's why i started making all the oil field skits and stuff like that because i want people to buy into the brand you know what i'm saying or like buy into who i am as a person and what made me who i am and why i write the songs i write you know and um even like the back the, i love the story sometimes they don't get the best views but it's not always about that you know what i'm saying like it's not because sometimes when you get those viral moments or whatever you it's can counterproductive make, yeah like you can make those you can make those fans for a month maybe you know but they're not like the diehards the diehards are the ones that where you get you know fifty thousand views on a video or like you know ten thousand views on a video where you get somebody who types in your comment section, you know, this song saved my life or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Those are the people who are going to support you and, and really be there for you when, you know, you have low times because in music you will, you know what I'm saying? Shit will slow down. That's what I, I made a video the other day talking about that. Just, you know, like views sometimes aren't always there. Streams aren't always there. You know what I'm saying? It's just low points that you got to work through. And, and the most successful people obviously never quit. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the biggest things that you just have to keep in mind is you have to stay consistent and you just never have to give up you know what i mean yep i'm coming off a three-month run of uh having a really good three months where the views oh. were not always where i wanted them to be but or it doesn't really matter right mm -hmm. but like i come off a really decent couple of months where where you know i was i was hitting right i was oh, yeah. i was there and you know sometimes you need that fall to be like hey man like Oh yeah, you know, humble yourself. You know, humble yourself. Yeah. Exactly. I like that video you put out the other day about that. And you know what? Um, honestly, seven hundred views. I I haven't quite been that bad, but like, yeah. You know, uh, I made a video that got two point. It's at two point eight million right now. It's still mm -hmm. growing, and it, it it was relatable, right? right? And a lot of people, it said. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I was. I, I put the truck, the cook, the crew truck in the ditch a lot, oh, but yeah. so, so especially in the winter and it said, Hey, I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's not your fault. You put the yeah. truck in that ditch. Right. Um, maybe, maybe that ditch wasn't supposed to be there. Yada, yeah. Yada, yada. And, and so many people were, were like, Oh my God, I'm going to, you know, this hits, I just did this, right. This hits. And some, so many other people were like, I don't think he's talking about a truck and I don't think he's talking about a ditch. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just like, yeah i mean yeah. yeah sure why not yeah like it goes such a different direction than you thought it would dude that's yeah. another thing too you know when i post those uh 
I used to do those storytelling videos on rolling smoke a lot because they work the best, you know, and every time I posted one of those videos, it was, there was always people in the comments that would take it a totally different direction, you know, than I, I intended it to go, which is, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I think, like I said, the, the content is all about staying consistent and just figuring out what works. Half the time is throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep, and yeah. and man, the stupidest shit goes viral. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's content that I put a lot of work in, a lot of hours, just editing, trying mm. to get right, trying to get the words to line up, trying to get oh oh, I thought of something different, like for a prop, like that. Putting yep. hey, I don't know if you need to hear this, but you didn't put the truck in the dish, yada yada yada. Yeah. I, what a lot of people commented on was the fruit roll up that I was eating. Oh yeah, you know, exactly. I was, I was doing yeah. it right. I wasn't going to use that at first, right? I yeah. went back to camp. I drove the five minutes back to camp. I grabbed a fruit roll up, and I'm like, "This will work. I like this." Right? <laughs> yeah. give, give something people like it gives people something else to focus on and talk yeah. about. Yeah. So I started eating it, and sure enough, there was hundreds of comments about the fruit roll up. People yeah. that probably wouldn't have commented otherwise, you know? Yeah, dude. So absolutely. yeah. And yeah. I also think another thing is like, I heard this one time, I'll probably make a video on this cause it's so true and it's so relatable, but, um, and I used to think this way all the time, but like one of the keys to being successful at content creation or just any, really anything in life is just where you are an entertainer or whatever, just be cringy a little bit. You know what I mean? Like add that little extra flair of like, you know, this is kind of stupid, but like you're doing it, it's cheesy or whatever, but yep. but do it, do it anyways, be cringy, you know, in your content because it'll work. You know what I'm saying? And like, I don't know, man, one of the like most viral videos I have is me, you know, just talking shit on like making a song home record about this, you know, being a dude's side chick or a girl. I side love chick that song. Whatever. Love yeah. that song, man. Um, so that's where I'm saying like, just that little, those little cringy comments or whatever, like acting like you're the shit when whatever, be delusional. You know what I'm saying? Just be, be fucking delusional about it. Think you're a superstar. You know what I mean? And like have those moments where you get humbled and you get brought back down, you know what I'm saying? So you can level out and yeah. kind of like understand that, you know, why you started doing this in the first place. But at the same time, like, yeah, just be cringy, dude. So, <laughs> so my name is, dick for a reason right like yeah. richard richard is richard is uh mm-hmm. you know richard dick but you know blue collar workers and in, in the oil field what do we what do we joke around a lot about right we're always talking <laughs> yeah. about our yeah. dicks right <laughs> yeah. so like that that's yeah. why that was there plus plus you know sometimes i can be a bit of a dick right so and and that's all a joke that's a facade right i mean yeah. i play around with it a bit but um those big blue glasses i wear i didn't like those glasses at first right you know i got that's yeah. they sponsor they sponsor me i'm an affiliate right so um a lot of people in the blue collar oil field world wear those glasses pit those those aren't pit mm-hmm. vipers, but they were pit vipers and heat waves and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was never into that, but it fits the persona. Yep. It fits yep. it, right? The mustache, the, the glasses, being a bit of a douche, right? So um, people in the videos, they come at me sometimes for that. But that's, oh, yeah. what, that's what live streaming is for, right? The people right. that want to really know you, right? I'm joking around about the industry. And, and, and you know, the videos are, are, are to get laughs and likes and yada, uh-huh. yada. But going live is what helps your audience get to know you, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, this guy's not really like that. This guy's just playing it up, right? right. And um, I, I had a guy who follows me. He was actually a 
uh, guests on this podcast, we became pretty good friends in real life. And uh, he's a, he was a guest on episode 13. And uh, he said, when I first saw your videos, I hated you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I didn't like you. The big douchey glasses, mm-hmm. the, the, the things you joked around. I didn't get your humor. He's like, then I watched your lives. I yeah. got to know you. And, and I, and now like you're, those are two different people. Right. Yep. And they are right. And yep. like you said, embellish a little bit, yeah. you know, be cringy. Yeah. So, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, that's a, every time I make one of those, uh, when a welder walks into the studio videos and I'm wearing my welding hood or something, you know, like you really think I want to wear my fucking hood walking around my house and shit in front of a <laughs> camera. No, I, I feel like a douchebag and, and all my buddies I used to work on the road with make fun of me for it. But you know, it's just, it works. <laughs> so. I, I forgot. I forgot to say something. You know who Dax is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dear alcohol, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Do you, have you heard his new song? Uh, the, the way <laughs> to the man. world. Way to the oh, world, or to be a man, to be a yeah, man—that's the yeah. one. Yeah, it's the one. Yep. What you said there about what the world, how the world views a man. Yeah, that's yeah, song. That's yeah. song right there. Yeah, he nails it, man. Is I think he's a great songwriter, and I've always been a huge fan of him uh, ever since the day I saw him on TikTok, and, and uh, that's kind of why I put it when I did my cover album. I did a cover of Dear Alcohol because I just related to the song so much. Um, and I thought it would sound great as like an acoustic style, you know, country song or whatever. Um, and it, I think it did. I think it turned out awesome. But yeah, he he's just the way he can make shit so relatable to to such a vast audience, you know, just such a wide variety of people is incredible to me. So fun fact about Dax, he's Canadian. Yeah, right? he's from Canada. He's, he's, Canada. he's from, yeah. from Canada. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's Canadian. He's actually from Newfoundland, I think, the East Coast oh, okay. for sure. And then but he lives in the US now. Um I'm, yeah. I, I I keep trying to get him on the podcast. I go into his lives all the time and and I'm like, all right, now's a good time. There's a break in the comments. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. hardly anyone in here. I'll just drop it, drop it. <laughs> yeah. And nothing. And then uh, I try to slide into his DMs, but you gotta be friends with him and it's like yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll get him yeah. one day. Don't yeah. worry about it, though. Hey, hey, Dax. Yeah. If you're listening to this, bro, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag him in it. If you're listening yeah. to this, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy, man. He, he's a, uh, like I said, I think as a musician, it's easy to uh, stay conditioned, listen to your own music, and not really find the new music anymore and stuff like that. But it's so important to do, and uh, it's so important to really just jump genres you know what i'm saying and and just listen listen to stuff that you're not used to listening to so you can get an idea of um i'll probably get a lot of heat for this but i'm a huge mgk fan just i don't know why but so some of the lyrics he fucking puts puts out in the songs i'm like god damn dude i'm a huge eminem fan yeah see well yeah me too i like that's what i'm saying just um, when it when it comes to just different styles of music and stuff, and you can take things away from different styles and, and use them in your own genre, you know. Um, for me, like that's how that's a big thing for me. I'm a huge like 2000s or 2000s rock or 2000s pop punk influenced artist, you know, country artist. So, yeah. Um, and I really like the raw um, Americana style, like Zach Bryan type music, but it's just never really been me. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not really been my sound. My, I'm not saying I don't like to do it because here and there, you know, from time to time, I like putting out just straight work tapes. You know what I'm saying? Just straight um, acoustic guitar and vocal. But 
Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just love that love that heavy guitar vibe stuff, especially like uh Jelly Roll's new stuff. Oh my god, dude. Ooh. I can't I can't I get love it Jelly Roll. Yeah, I, I, I get, can't last week's episode, um uh last week's guest, Jelly Roll follows him. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he uh or we follow each other on TikTok too. He he came to one of my shows one time and was one of the coolest people I've ever met, but um just like I don't know why, but the the way he's able to just capture people in a song is insane to me, dude. He and, is an amazing artist. Oh my gosh, dude! And like, just his newer shit, dude. Like, Need a Favor is a great song. That's, I don't think I've heard that one yet. Oh, you need to jam it out, dude. It's like probably one of my top five songs right now. At okay, least. I'll yeah. give that a go. Need a uh, Need a Favor. Yep. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna listen to that as soon as we're yeah. done here. So oh, that's, that's great. And he I'll just remember did, that. Yeah, just did a song with Hollywood Undead too. I mean, he's he's, he's killing it right now. So, and if there's awesome. like I said, anybody ever listen to this? If you ever think there's a more deserving person to be blown up like he is right now, you're wrong. He's the most deserving guy out there, dude. So, I I like his shit. He's yeah. he's he's uh he's he's definitely up there for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so your. I don't know. It's a weird segue, but I was gonna ask you, like, um, home home record, and and um, was it home record and liquor and pills? That's all based on a true story, right? You uh, you about a yeah. girl you you were with. Yeah, uh, liquor and pills is about. Um, yeah, I won't go too much into it, but yeah, it's about a girl um, that I was with when I was doing a lot of drugs and stuff like that. Um, and kind of just how it ended and stuff like that. I mean, I was a real big piece of shit, but I, it's, I'm not saying I couldn't help it because obviously you can lead. You know, I was, I was, I could have helped it. it was, I was the only one who could help myself, but or you know, aside from my folks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was about that, and just, that's just that situation of how like you you choose. Uh, dude, it's hard to talk about. You just choose. You choose alcohol and pills and stuff like that over everything dude and it just completely takes over your fucking life man and then uh on a lighter note home records just about a chick that was like i started talking to this girl and uh, weird and weirdly enough we're still friends um but she was kind of like in between relationships with this other guy or whatever and i didn't know that and then by the time i found out that she was like kind of uh, with him or whatever it was it, i was like already invested so i was like fuck that dude you know what i mean i didn't know him and you know i that's a touchy subject or whatever most guys want to say shit like oh yeah well if you knew that you know you should have been the good guy and backed out or whatever and stuff like that's like bro fuck you you wouldn't have done it easier to me. say yeah easier to say <laughs> yeah, than dude. that's what i'm saying you're not you're not thinking with the right head <laughs> yeah yeah exactly bro <laughs> but no it wasn't and i mean it was just a kind of a it wasn't a good situation, but I mean, it, it is what it is. Stuff like that happens, but that song came like I was thinking of. Um, I said that line that day that I wrote it, um, just joking around, and I was like, Man, I should fucking write a song about that or whatever. So then I came up with that whole hook because I don't even know that guy and I don't want to know his life, but you know, whatever, and uh, finished that whole thing out in like fucking 10 minutes. And I was like, Yeah, definitely writing this song. So <laughs> but awesome. yeah and then it just went i had that one video that really kind of popped off because i was being loud and shit in the truck and stuff like that uh jamming it out um 
And that's still that's still one of my favorites that I've ever written just because it was so like I it was like my first heavier ish type of you know rock country song or whatever. And I don't know. I just think a lot of people related to it. You know what I'm saying? Because Definitely. Like, no, nobody nobody wants to say they related to it, but you know, everybody did. Because <laughs> so, we've I, all been in that definitely. situation. I mean, we've all been in that situation where, like, maybe that girl's not, like, getting married to another dude or something, but she's, like, obviously fucking around with two dudes at once, and you know it, and you are you obviously know you're the side dude or whatever, and you get tired of being the side dude at some point, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was just, I was just going to ask you, like, from 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 asking about those songs and and, and the relatability and and the history behind them, I was just gonna kind of ask you about like you know the lowest part of your mental health, right? Is mm-hmm. obviously the liquor and pills, um, yeah. right? So like, how did you get out of it? What what did you do to get out of that? And and you know, um, honestly, that's what that's what this newer song's really gonna be really kind of tell the story it was like the like i said liquor and pills was about the situation and choosing the drugs and then uh rinse repeat is kind of just the story of like how the drugs took over you know and um when i got out of it it was like i don't want to go into the story too much because like i said i'm going to be telling that story i think which is a fucking super vulnerable story for me to tell Um, but it's basically, it was just me having a rock bottom night and I just finally reached out and my mom found me on my, um, stairs on the house stairs going up to my bedroom. And that was like, somebody had dropped me off from a party we were at and my mom found me and took me to the emergency room. And that was the last day, uh, that I ever had Xanax or any kind of painkiller. So. And that was three years ago. Or Come no, 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 shit, no, no, no. That's that's hell. That was fucking. I was nineteen then. So hell, it was seven years ago. God damn. Come we're a getting, long way, man. <laughs> yeah, we're getting old, but but yeah, it was just like that whole. I and like I used to hate being that fucking guy that went through that and like having to look my buddies in the eye and shit like that, you know that I had been ignoring for so long or or like not being a good friend to because I was so fucking invested in uh, drinking and and drugs and stuff like that. But um, I'm glad I went through it just so I can tell the story. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that a musician can offer to the world is just that, you know, you have a story to tell them to, you have an obligation to tell your story so other people don't feel so alone. Absolutely. You you have YouTube, you said, right? Yep, yep. Do do you make okay? Do you make music videos for for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, um, like the the ones I really like, will make music videos for. We just shot one for Lonely Up because I love that fucking song, and then we did one for Matthew Seven One that we put out in January, and we're kind of just now getting started into doing them more often. Um, it wasn't really in the budget, basically, uh, early on and stuff like that or if it was i would have done one for liquor and pills but um yeah i i think music videos are great um like youtube is awesome for that kind of longer form content you know yeah and like i still haven't figured out shorts but to be honest with you it pisses me off so much because you can't post over a minute on shorts you know what i'm saying and most of my videos are you know like minute to a minute and a half or longer 
So, um, and that's the same thing with reels. You know, I wish you could post longer than 90 seconds on reels and stuff like that, but just so you could repurpose content, you know what I'm saying? And not have to make fucking six different videos for six different platforms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, didn't know, I didn't know you were on YouTube there. I, that's the only platform I think I don't follow you on. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll definitely be sliding over there when we're done here and, and and shooting you a subscribe on there and, and watching yeah, yeah. the videos because man it's cool to to see music videos for for songs you know what i mean like oh yeah i grew up in the mtv era you know what i mean yeah, yeah much dude. music <laughs> yeah. so like the fact that you know music videos were a huge part of my childhood yeah know? and yeah, yeah so that that's like another thing too that i'm thankful for is that uh music videos have became so much more diy then look at Tom McDonald. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I mean, the guy, the guy that I do my music video shoots with now, um, I met at Twin Peaks at a restaurant one time in the city. He noticed me and he came up to me and he was like, Hey man, if you ever need a videographer, hit me up or whatever. So I hit him up one time and, um, he came down to do, um, the Matthew seven one video. And it was literally just him and me and a camera. And my old square body, and we just made the whole video, dude. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I like I like what Tom McDonald said. You know, he's like three 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 thousand dollars or something to make a music video. Maybe yeah. he went to Home Depot, bought a sheet of plywood, created a green uh-huh. screen, and went to town. Right. And look at I think it's his uh, Dirty Money. I don't know if you heard yeah. Dirty Money, his newest one. Man, that thing's all done on green screen, like most of his yeah. stuff, right? And, yeah. and it's just in his backyard. Yep. That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's so like, like I said, just so DIY now. And that's what I love about music now too, is that like anybody can make music and yeah, that means a lot of shitty music is probably getting out there, but at the same time, dude, like guys who really have good things to say can get it heard, you know, yep. at least yep. at least to some extent. I mean, I've found some of my favorite artists on social media, you know, same. Um, well, you, I found yeah. you on TikTok. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm I'm pumped that we're even having this conversation. I yeah. was stoked when you when you messaged me back, you know. Yeah, I mean? You were like, Yeah, man, let's do it. I was oh yeah. shit. I know? love like, doing these, dude. This this is like I don't know, especially with somebody else who works in the oil field, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's a, I really appreciate that. Um, but at the same time it's like, you know, just getting on these small podcasts and getting to talk to people who like are just everyday people you know what i'm saying who yeah. really go through this shit or whatever it makes me feel like i'm not so far removed anymore you know like i like like i said i was i was sitting the other day i was like man i haven't welded in so long i feel like it's not even a part of who i am anymore sometimes you know um but you know at the same time like that's where i'm like this blue collar vibe will always be a part of who i who i am and what makes me the artist i am so i'm just super grateful for all the experiences i had out there well, it's a brotherhood, you know what I mean? The oh, yeah. Color brotherhood, you know, uh, I don't know if you know who Ben Allen Curry is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on my podcast here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, uh, that episode isn't out yet next week. So yeah. um, he was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I talk to Ben quite often. We're we're not just, you know, he follows me back. I follow him. We, we talk quite a bit. I was uh, there when... I, I got glued into Birdie Ray when, when, oh, when Birdie yeah. Ray was was in the womb and and hey Birdie Ray was going through her her struggles there and that stuck me in. What kept me was that he's also in the oil field. He's yep. blue collar, you know, yep. and oil field money, you know, yeah. seven yeah. days a week. I can see great song. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, I could. I'm I'm 
pr- I'm happy to call proud to call Ben, Ben, my yeah. friend, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, you know, we, we've never met, but it feels like we've known each other forever. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. And like, man, I've met so many great guys over, over social media and stuff like that. Just like, you know, people like you and, 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 um, other artists that I'm just like really good friends with now that I feel like I could call for almost anything if I ever had questions and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, it, it makes me feel like kind of like the blue collar vibe, you know, um, because when you're out there on the road, you don't have your family there. So they, you know, you guys are your family, you know, absolutely. Everybody's yeah. your brother out there. So absolutely. And, and this, this goes to you here. If you ever find yourself struggling with your mental health, um, man, I'm, you message me, Hey, you want my phone number? I'll give you my phone number. You yeah, message bro. me, dude, you talk to me. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily need to talk back. If you just need someone to listen, yeah, I'm your guy, right? I, I yeah. look, my, my uh, ambition was to become a psychiatrist in, in middle oh, school. Yeah. My probable doom was needing one. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny, dude. I never heard that. But yeah, man, that's, that's the way it is. And like, you know, thankfully I've, I've, I feel, I feel like when I first got the mix for that new song I just played, um back i was like damn i gotta pull over for a second i was driving i was on my way to the draft because it's in case or was in kansas city this year and um pulled over and i was like damn just let me listen to this song because it was a lifestyle that i like feel so far removed from that i've moved on from so much that i forgot how bad it was and then listening to that song put me right back there and you know like even when i have bad days now you know, it, it, it hits when it's like a storm, you know what I'm saying? You just got to ride it out. But like, even, even listening to that song, it made me realize how bad or how much better my bad days are now than they were then. And Hell just, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, man. Like, cause I dude, and I'm sure a lot of people felt that way, but there are just days where you just do not want to get up. You know, like you don't want to wake up. You wish you wouldn't wake up, you know, in that lifestyle. I mean, you know, that lifestyle has taught me more than mm-hmm. just, you know, it's given me more than just money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's taught me how to be a part of something bigger than myself. It's taught me how to keep going when I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's taught me, you know, the, the value of brotherhood. It's camaraderie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that is everything. Yeah, I'll always thank that thank that period in my life for teaching me that like I still got to do the shit I don't want to do even when I don't feel like doing it. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Um, so, like, I, dude, honestly, I think that's one of the biggest differences in successful people and not successful people is just showing up. That's half the yeah. battle. Yep. Yep. It it's really half the is. battle. We we had this conversation at work. Uh, shit. Uh, a month ago or so you know with this new generation of worker coming up you know a lot of them don't want to work yeah a lot of them think they're better than the job mm-hmm. right and and why you hear that but we had we had this conversation where you know you don't have to be the hardest worker to to be the to be to be uh one of the best you know what i mean right you have to be reliable yep you you show up every day you give it your best you you even if your hundred percent is not equivalent to someone else's hundred percent, you're giving it what you have. Yep. You know what I mean? And showing up and being there yep. is is the requirement. You know what I mean? And yeah, and yeah, just, just being reliable. Mm-hmm. I've I've I'd buy into that hundred percent. I had a weld boss one time on my first job 
and I was really struggling, dude. I was like, because like at school, they're really good about teaching you how to pass a test, but not necessarily how to, you know, make it work in the field and shit like that. So when you get out there and you're making these wells and you got a QC coming up and you got fucking, you know, six repairs or whatever to make or something like that, that that well boss particular just doesn't like about your weld. And you're sitting there, you can't figure it out. You can't fucking figure it out. You're fighting it, you're fighting it, you're fighting it. And then you like, you're at least just fucking telling or like talking to your boss about what, you know, what to do or like how to get better, how to do this right, the right way or something like that. And, and yeah. those are the guys he told me right then and there, he was like, I was like, man, sorry about holding you up so much today and stuff like that. He's like, dude, I ain't got no problem coming over here to work with guys who want to work. You know what I mean? That was the, that was the biggest thing for him. He was like, dude, somebody who's a great welder but don't want to don't want to work or don't want to show up or don't want to do anything like that. Like, I can't do nothing with those guys. But the yep. guys who are maybe not so great but at least want to be here and get better every single day, those are the guys that end up being the best welders anyway. Absolutely. They get there. They get there eventually. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's um, it comes down to what the best piece of advice I ever received at work was. I was 19 and my boss called me up into his office and he's like, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I don't know, but I hope there's a whole lot of money there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want I just want money. And he's like, yeah. man, the best piece of advice I can offer you is patience. Yeah. You know, he's like, you you show up you do the job, the rest will take care of itself. Yep. The month, the money will come. Yep. Right. He's like, he's like, I see that in you. He's like, I know, I know you want the money, he, but he's like, I also see that you're willing to be there. You're willing yeah, to dude. put the work in. He's like, just be patient. Right. You know, he's like, oh, I yeah. can't, I can't pay uh, what you're, what you're worth, but he's like, I can help you get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, <sighs> Even even in working for yourself, you know, like starting your own business and stuff like that or anything like that, there's going to be days where you just want to sit around all day. But if you just do the little things and show up and like do the little shit that you know you have to do, nobody's asking you to just go above and beyond every single day, every second of every day. You know what I mean? There's yep. going to be days where you can just do what you can do, but those are the days that are the most important. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Those are, those are the days that keep you from going two steps forward and one step back and just three steps forward every time. You know yep. what I'm saying? My brothers, my brothers at work, they know the, the amount of oomph, the, 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 the elbow grease I bring, the, the effort that I bring every day. They know that when I'm having a bit of a lazier day, oh, and yeah. it took me a long time to get get to this point because I, I i didn't think i could be lazy i didn't right. think I, that was ever an option if right. if i was having a lazy moment i thought oh shit if someone sees this i'm fired yeah. right i'm done yeah. but they can't just do that right yeah so i was literally working my fingers to the bone every single day not knowing that hey that's gonna make you um your, your body can't sustain nah, that nah. over the course of time yeah right it's like so my, my, my coworkers are pretty good at seeing, Hey, you know, when I'm gassed and I'm still showing up, I'm still going to show up, but maybe I'm going to take it a little easier today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I need that. I'm getting, I'm 34. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I, I need this to last at least another 30 years. Yeah, you know? dude. So, you know, I'm way too young to feel this damn old. So, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, so yeah. I, I, they know, they know that when, when I'm taking her easy, it's, it's okay because yeah. when they need to take her easy, I pick up the slack for them. Yeah. No shit, man. That's a, that's a big thing too. It's like, you know, 
it, like you you'll be okay you know if you can just if you can just show up and do 50 percent, you know you'll be all right like like you said you know showing up is just 50 percent of the work and it really it really is dude just just putting yourself in a position to be successful is half the battle absolutely you know? so. absolutely buddy yeah. um I just want to say, you know, um, this podcast, you know, uh, brought to you by our sponsor. Uh, we're, we're sponsored, buddy. We got, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. head, headset, microphone, don't know how it sounds yet. But, I mean, I listened back to the one episode that we did the other day and sound incredible. Yeah. Hopefully it's again. Um, this episode of the On the Throne podcast is brought to you by Mudman Market um, for all your drilling fluids and laboratory testing equipment needs. www.mudmanmarket.com shout out to mudman market shout out to mudman market (laughs) oh my god dude it's so surreal man it's so surreal i've been talking to the mudman for for a little while you know we we he reached out to me last year and we you know he he hooks me up with hats and shirts and i give them out to everywhere i go and stickers and whatnot and you know um it was only a couple weeks ago where he reached back out to me and we, we talked quite a bit and 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 he's like hey I want to sponsor your podcast. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I want to sponsor it full time permanently, but you want to do five episodes or whatnot for just to start. I'm like, baby, let's go permanent. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's do it. You yeah, know what? Dude. Like, I don't care. Let's go. And he's like, what do you need? And I'm like, well, right now, you know, my, I was having audio issues in the beginning. Um, a mic and a headset would be great. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Here, here we, we are. are man. Here it's we insane. are, man. That's what I'm saying, though. It's it's great. It's uh, I remember getting my first brand deal on TikTok, and I told my dad about it, and he was like, "What? Somebody wants to pay you to to make a video?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, it's crazy." And and uh, you know, that was the the cool part of realizing that there's so many ways to make money. You know, nowadays there is that like, you know, you you don't have to. I think almost the death of the career is coming with our generation and the generations after because um, guys, especially like me, I'm this way too, uh, you know, we'll do something for a little bit and then get bored or tired of it or it's not working. So we just pivot to something else where you're making decent money, you know what I'm saying? And and, uh, you don't have to be, you know, especially if you are able to make something or make money doing something you love, you know, that's when the sky is the absolute limit because if you love it enough, you'll find a way to make the most money out of it. Amen. You know. Amen. Um, so I, I always find it weird talking to American creators because it, we don't get paid in Canada for, for our content, right? right. We got we got to go live and, and battle, and that's how we uh-huh. make our money. But and and sponsorships like brand deals, and uh, I have my own merch line, so I make money that way. Um, what kind of who what kind of companies have sponsored you like what what's the biggest company you've worked with what's the first one that you, what was what was the big break i think the first one i worked with was a um it wasn't really even a big thing it was uh pipeline sunglasses they they fit under your pancake hood they're called nice. palm waters yeah a lot of a lot of pipeline guys will know what i'm talking about but um yeah they sent me a pair of sunglasses and i thought that was uh the coolest shit ever and it was just the the sunglasses they didn't pay me for nothing and then the biggest one i did um well i did one for ridge wallet and that was one where i was like holy shit you know because they paid me like 700 bucks and then gave me a free wallet or something for one video yeah and i was like holy shit this is fucking crazy you know what i mean and then um did 
Oh, what I fucking oh, I did one for a thousand for a dating clover dating app. <laughs> yeah, it was like they were pushing this like live feature thing for um like I don't even know what it was, but I was like, Yeah, dude, I can make this about like working on the road and shit like that, being lonely on the road. So, <laughs> so I did that and it actually did pretty good. I think that video got like six hundred thousand views and they uh sent me um uh, thing back and they were like dude that's that's awesome that's one of the biggest videos we've had out of any of the any of the creators on this uh campaign and i was like well, that's good you know hit me up if you want to do another one <laughs> that's <laughs> so, incredible yeah. did they ever hit you back or what yeah um never really worked out i didn't want to do um like five videos for them or something like that i didn't want to do like a whole package thing i think for me my big thing is like, I like doing them here and there. Now, when I first started out, I wanted to do them all the time. Cause I was like, fuck yeah, I'm making money doing this or whatever. And now I'm kind of like, well, I want to save like the, I don't want to fucking bore my audience to death with so much ads, you know, yeah. cause I feel like you get enough of that anyways. But, but yeah, I mean like if there's an organic way to do it, like if it's a brand that I personally use or something like that, then fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up, Brandon. I'm really not that expensive. I mean, all my hats that I get, I just get my hats for free. I don't take any money from the company or anything like Same. that. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is the heat wave, those glasses, right? I wanted yeah. a hat. I get glasses for, right? they give me glasses and I wanted a hat. And yeah, yeah same, man. You know, um, uh, my first one was like, I jumped at, I was chomping at the bit, right? I was mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. But it didn't. It kind of fit my niche, but it didn't, right? And and I just said yes. Yeah. I would have said yes to the first thing that came around. I was pumped. It ended up being some Javi coffee thing. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and you know, it was kind of cool. The I it got made me get creative with my with my videos. You know, yeah. uh, the blue collar worker. You mm -hmm. know, what's our best friend? And then I it slid into my hand. It was like Javi. Right. Yeah, for that yeah. packs a punch. Yeah. Right. Long, long days, early mornings, late nights, you know. Mm -hmm. And and the views on the videos were I made two videos. Uh the views were really good. Yeah. But I only ever got two sales. Yeah. And, yeah, and see, that's what I'm saying. yeah, it's hard. It's hard to push. Like that's what I'm saying. Once people feel like they're watching an ad, then it's kind of like a switch in their brain, just yeah. kind of flips or whatever. Um, so it's hard. That's why I, I haven't really dove into selling merch too much either, just because I'm kind of like, you know, I, until I like really need that revenue stream, I don't want to, I don't really want to push it that much. Um, and I mean, for some people, merch is like a huge fucking income stream. Yeah. So, oh, definitely, man. Like, you know, I, I don't push it as much anymore as I did. Uh -huh. Um, but I wear it a lot in my uh -huh. videos. Right. So people word of mouth, they just see it. And that's it, yeah. right? Uh, same with the glasses. I don't need to push the glasses. I just wear them. There's <clears> the glasses. Yeah. I wear them. People, you you know, they, I, you know, I do fairly well off those. So, you know, um, and then, you know, I got monetized on Facebook a couple months back. So Facebook is, Facebook's yeah. paying me pretty decent money too. And like, I mean, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So they just recently took away the, um, the reels bonuses from everyone oh, but it's yeah, the ad yeah. the ads on the reels though that are yeah. really popping off so yeah um like i think i just joined that creativity program beta thing for tiktok so i haven't really got a chance to see how much it's going to pay out i just joined it like a week ago so i don't um, think we got that in canada yet or might never will do you guys have the creator fund nope 
Yeah, see, I don't know if you want to leave it. Yeah, we don't have the creators fund. It that's sucks. crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's some bullshit. You know, I think it has a lot to do with our government and our tax system. So oh. we get taxed to death in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, talk about taxes. Yeah, that'll get me hey, fired up. Free healthcare though, <laughs> am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I probably wouldn't mind here. It's it's free. It's not yeah. it's not really. I don't have to pay 60 grand out of pocket to get my ring finger put on if I lose it. Um, but my neighbor does and it's not out of pocket, but my next door neighbor and, and my neighbors around me and my yep. fellow citizens, yep. they'll, they'll pay for my health care. Yeah. All that taxes, man. All that taxes. <laughs> but, Gotta love yeah, them. That's a, uh, that's kind of like the, the point you know, where, where I started being really like, okay, I can make this a living was when I started getting brand deals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then, uh, really when liquor and pills popped off, I was like, Oh fuck, you know? Um, <clears throat> cause I had that one video that got like 15 million views on that song or whatever. And it just yeah. started fucking streaming, dude. And I was like, I remember watching it cause it was still live on my Spotify for artists. And I was like, Holy shit, this is crazy, dude. I thought I was big shit. It was my debut single. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to sign a record deal. I'm going to fucking live in a big-ass house by the next week. You know what I'm saying? That fucking get the paparazzi out of my face and shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's uh, it definitely doesn't work like that. And I'm honestly glad it didn't work out that way now, the one, you know, the way I think about it. Because you're, you're, still, you're still at a point where you respect the grind. Mm -hmm. Oh, right? yeah. Had you popped off and gotten famous, right? You know, you'd yeah. be you'd be like you, someone else can write my music for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think there's some like just learning that humility right off the bat was super good for me. You know what I'm saying? And and also, the more I learned about the music industry, the more I was like, "Fuck, dude! Some of these artists out here are broke." Yeah, you know, you know what I think really uh, showed that was MTV's Cribs, right? Yeah. Like some of them had nice houses. Yeah, but I think it was like Papa Roach or something like that. They they live modestly. Yeah, dude, right? that's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, if I'm gonna fucking live like that, I'm gonna be by myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's a that's a that's what I'm saying. Like, I there's so many artists that get out because that's what we're told. You know, as musicians and shit like that, we don't know any better when we first start out. It's like, okay, blow up on the internet and then sign a record deal, and that's how it works. But in reality you'd be so much better off if you if you blew up and then stayed blowing up and then gave yourself some leverage to take into those meetings with record labels and shit like that. Cause man, I can tell you they're like, and I don't think it's even like a, like they mean to be, but at the same time, they're just like, it's business, you know, whatever, which is like, fine. That's how they run their business model and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, dude, they are vultures, you know, when it comes to, um, I guess not necessarily taking advantage of artists, but just taking advantage of situations. You know what I'm saying? You've made that song too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking taking country back, dude. That's taking country yeah, back. That yeah. Was fucking. That was, was one of the first songs I added to my playlist. Yeah. yeah it was fucking. Yeah. It was kind of one of them deals. It was like a. Like I wrote that because, it kind of turned into, like these labels were fucking with me, and then all of a sudden it was like, nah, they're gone. You know what I mean? And then you start learning all these fucking stories and shit like that and, and hearing everything like of friends you make that are signed to record deals that aren't putting music out and that are dying to get out of it and shit like that. And it's like, damn, 
I'm glad I ain't in that situation. I think Pink was the first to write a song about that. Don't let me get me. Yeah, dude. And that's what, dude, they're even, even some big artists are like dangerously close to not having a career because of labels. You know what I'm saying? Like artists you would never think of that are just massive, massive artists that are just not making very much money. You know what I mean? And so that's where. Like, like who who would you say like as a bigger artist would you put on that list? Oh fuck i I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna drop any fucking names because I don't want anybody fucking coming at me in the in the industry. And I'm not trying to because I don't want to talk about anybody else's money. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like yeah, road, no, that's road fair. or whatever. But that's fair. Um, like like personally shout out, but yeah, dude, there are plenty of artists that are fucking broke. And I mean, it's not it's not just broke. I and it, I think in the country genre, it's not as bad. But like in in the hip hop world. That's where like kids really get taken advantage of because they blow up so fast. And then, I mean, some of these hip hop labels out there are just fucking bad, dude. You I, know? I think I think Ice Cube hit on that and straight out of Compton. Yeah, and see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're talking about like how NWA was huge then, and those guys were going on, you know, sold out world tours and making like 30k. That's insane. You know, you know when, when I think of the music industry back then, even or even you know, pre pre Napster, pre LimeWire and Kazaa uh -huh. and stuff like that. When when you think of it like then, like guys in the music industry, you know, I I always pictured, hey, if if I'm seeing you on posters and lunchboxes, t shirts and shit uh -huh. like that, and and listening to my ears, you're killing it. You're rich. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Like if, if I can hear you in my ears and I'm listening to you in my on my MP3 player, my Discman. Right. And, it's, yeah. and, and I'm yeah. trying not to have it skip on me while walking. To school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the like walking. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're killing it. Yeah. No, man. It's like it's also dude. We always say this in the music industry. It's like, why do you think all these huge artists end up buying up a bunch of real estate or starting different companies and shit like that or or you know having restaurants or some shit like that in nashville it's because like sometimes you know artists will sign these deals and end up not making much money off of them you know they'll get that big upfront payday and then that's it yeah it's like well, what else you know and like a lot of those bigger artists and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes it can work out for you. I'm not saying that record deals are all bad and I'm not saying they're not the right fit for some people, but for a lot of people, for a lot of artists, record deals are not the way to go. Do you uh, ever get writer's block? Oh yeah. All the time. I think, dude, I think that's uh well, yeah, I do. But the way I work through it is just to write like shitty stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like shit, I yep. know I'm never gonna cut or something like that. It's just to so I'm writing something or whatever, so that way I can just get in the muscle memory of writing or whatever. But at the same time, like I don't write like a whole lot of guys do. I mean, we uh, I'll do group writes sometimes, but not very often. I think I've only cut maybe two or three songs that I've written with other people lyrically. So. Um, which it's not, I, I don't have anything against uh, doing that because, like, I would love to get in some more writers' rooms and stuff like that. But, like, I live in Missouri and a lot of, a lot of my artist friends live in Nashville, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard. Um, but also at the same time, like, I do have something against fucking sitting in a room with 20 fucking people 
to write one song that sounds like shit, you know, that nobody can fucking relate to. It's just a fucking pop country banger, but <clears throat> I kind of, I kind of do the same thing with content, right? Um, sometimes I'm like right now, um, I'm not, I'm not really having block, right? I'm, I'm having, um, I'm enjoying days off, right? And yeah. my, and when I'm at work, I'm constantly making content. Yeah. And when I'm at home, I'm making content with my wife and my kids around, and and they're in it. And right now, I'm just kind of enjoying not doing any of that. You know yeah. what I mean? And and so the way through that, I know because I've taken a few days off, my views will suffer for it, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't no. care. Dude, I, I think also sometimes for just not only the algorithm, but just you personally taking breaks is good for content. Cause I, like you said, I get content block all the time, bro. Yeah. Like, cause it's a, it's just such a <clears throat> mentally draining thing to like think of creative ways to get views and shit like that. And then just have your self-esteem blowed to the chest, you know, when you post it or whatever, and it doesn't yep. do what you thought it would, which is just part of the game, but it's still, stings a little bit you know what i mean um but no i think and that's another thing with like content or or um uh, writing songs too is the same way like i i really just do it when i'm inspired you know what i'm saying like if i'm inspired to make content like i'll or like as soon as i get an idea i'll write the idea title down or something like that or give myself a, a time to think about it you know how i want to go about it and stuff like that um, so that way sometimes I can make two or three TikToks in a day, you know, and then have, you know, something to post. Um, oh man, there, there are times where I'm on fire and, yeah, dude. Got, and I put three, four pieces out a day <laughs> yeah, and dude. I'm reeling them out and yeah. then I, and then, you know, I'll, I'll put out one or two. Right. Yeah. And, and they'll do fairly well, like the 2.8 million and shit like that. And, and I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to let this one blow up for a day or so. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I'll, I'll step back and then I'll fire more out. Yeah. And then, you know, right now I'm lucky to put out one a day. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the same way I do it, dude. Like I'll take dude during deer season. I probably don't post more than like twice during rifle season for like 14 days i just won't post because i'm yeah. hunting all day every day you know what i mean and i don't that's also sometimes a good thing too it just gives me a fucking break from my phone you know what i'm saying because we just live on our phones nowadays and absolutely you know working in social media and stuff it's a fucking draining ass job mentally um so yeah that's why i, I love hunting and, and fishing and shit because it just gives me fucking time away from it that's why i always say that the day I have to move to Nashville is going to be a sad day because I just I don't know what I'd do without being able to just go up and go hunting whenever I want to or something like that. You so. you how far away can is there hunting from Nashville? I mean, it can't be that bad. When I picture Nashville, nah. I picture country, right? And I picture yeah. like the cut the woods can't be that far, right? Tennessee? No, nah, they're probably not. But I'm not really much of a public hunter because you got to share you know space with everybody so yeah where i'm from you know we have a bunch of ground that i can hunt on uh my family uh farms and stuff like that which is i'm very blessed to have and fortunate to have so and i don't have nobody that bothers me out there i got my own space you know what i mean i can pack a lunch i get out there at six in the morning and then come home at dark you know at seven in the evening um and just watch deer all day i mean just see see everything i mean you, there's all kinds of shit you see out there bobcats everything um but yeah i think those are like 
they're draining days because you're not you don't have service out there or nothing so you're kind of just like shit i ain't got nothing to do but look at deer and when deer ain't moving it's slow you know what i mean but then you'll look up and you'll see a fucking nice buck walk out or you'll see a couple does come out and just sit in front of you and eat for you know dude i've got fucking videos on my phone of last year that's i love those all day sits because you never know what's going to happen dude any point of the day something could come out dude and we get those pop-up lines and i remember i still have the video of this fucking like spike he was a spike or had a spike and then had a little split too on on one side and he probably walked within five feet of my blind damn uh, yeah i could see the breath off his nose he would fucking snort like that and i could see his teeth and shit and I was like, damn, bro, I'd never been this. I thought I was going to have to wrestle him off my Rice Krispie treat for a second. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, ever considered coming to Canada for hunting? Or, oh, Dude, I'd, I'd love to come up and do some kind of hunting up there. Like, uh, you know, I've, I'd love to shoot a bear before I die. Um, so a lot of Americans come up here during the hunt, hunting season for our, our moose and our deer. We have yeah. some of the biggest white-tailed deer in the world just in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, see, that's another thing we've got in Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, and uh, Kansas. We got some of the biggest whitetails, you know, around, which are, which is really nice. I mean, cause you, it's not, it's crazy because some people, you know, you'll see videos of guys hunting in like North Carolina or something like that. And they'll see 120 inch deer and be like, dude, this is a big deer for down here. You know what I mean? But like 120 inch deer here, you know, isn't really nothing to write home about. But at the same time, like, I'd love to shoot a moose, too, because fuck me, dude. I, the first time I saw a moose, I shit a brick. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I didn't see one. Till, I used to live in Idaho, so we were up in the mountains and shit, kind of. But I was young enough that when we moved, I didn't really remember anything about it. But when I went to work in Wyoming, I saw a cow. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. That thing looks as big as a house. Like, I was like, oh, my God, that thing is massive, bro. You don't understand how tall they are and just yep. how long they are, dude. It's oh, like, yeah. My well, my, my wife got to experience that firsthand for the first time a couple of years ago. We, we, we've we always talked about how she's never seen one before. And we were going on a trip to the mountains, the Rocky Mountains here again in Jasper, Alberta. And uh, we were driving our Nissan Altima, not a very big car. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were driving down the stretch of highway uh, that's known for its moose, right? And so she's like, wouldn't it be crazy if we saw a moose? I'd love to see a moose for the first time. And she's driving, and it's just after dark, right? So um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's like, what is that? what is that? And I'm like, that's a moose. And oh it, and, and she was screamed the whole time. because <laughs> It got so close to the car. It oh either sneezed or pissed on our windshield. Yeah, dude. Right? That's yep. what I'm saying, bro. It's so yep. crazy how big they are. And yep. like, um, I've never been that close to one. So I don't, I wouldn't even, I'd shit a brick, you know, being that close. To one oh, either. dude, I see moose all the time at work. It's, yeah. it's incredible. You can get real close. No, I wouldn't get close to them, yeah. but you can get, say decently close uh without you know spooking them in a vehicle i would yeah. never get out especially during rut right yeah. like they, yeah. they kill you i don't know if you know who um side neck is here on tiktok <laughs> he's from canada his arm is limp and he sits like this and he's got a big bulge and he's paralyzed on one side of his body he lives in ontario and, uh, what's that 
Is it because of a moose? It's because of a moose. He hit oh, a moose. God. He hit a moose in his car, and it came through the windshield and kicked him. Holy fuck! Yeah, it broke his neck, and there's nothing they can do for him. And he's been like, eh. and the guy's got millions of followers on TikTok because, Holy and God. and any any, he, he's hilarious. Side neck, check him out. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, that's crazy, bro. But that's yeah, dude. Like, and I'd also love to shoot a mountain. You guys have mountain lions up there? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. want to shoot a mountain lion bad. Mountain cool. lions come down into the city once in a while, and yeah. uh, that, bro. here in, in Alberta, and uh, yeah, once in a while you'll hear like a tale of one mauling someone or whatnot. Oh but, my god! Yeah, I watched dude, two. I watched crazy. two mountain lions fucking at the Calgary Zoo once. Holy shit, bro! Yeah. See, that's what that's what I'm saying. I uh. Like, we don't have them here in Missouri. They, every once in a while, you'll see them because they migrate sometimes, you know, and mountain lions can just fucking travel for fucking, you know. And they see you before you see them. Oh, yeah, dude. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if I – I'm, we don't ever see them. So I'm so deathly afraid of them, bro, that, like, when I'm going hunting by myself and shit, I'm, I'll carry a knife in my hand just so that way if, if one just happens to be walking around or something like that. Because, like, there was a guy last year that was, like, 30 miles away from where we lived. And uh, he fucking uh, had a trail cam posted up right on his deer path or whatever that they walk in to where they sit. And 30 minutes after he left, he got a picture of a mountain lion. And it was like, dude, if that was me, I'd never go hunting there again. Wow. (laughs) Like ever. But they don't, they don't, that's the thing. Like they never stay in the same spot really. It's just crazy that like you see one that close because we, we don't have them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're, they're getting sightings more and more. So I don't know if they're like just migrating here or whatever and getting away from cities in the West West, but like elk, we're just, we just started introducing elk into Missouri and we have like a lottery system for hunting now. The ghost of the forest. Yeah. And, uh, cause they used to be native to like the plains and shit. And I guess when settlers came or pushed further this way, they just pushed them all the way to the to the west and to the mountains and stuff like that but um yeah i'd love shooting elk too i'd love to go on a like week-long colorado hunt we have a lot of buffalo like bison Mm. uh up up in the northwest territories here and there's an elk island national park here just outside edmonton and uh most of the world's buffalo uh that are left are here Mm -hmm. um they come from montana uh they were they were killed off by the government uh what back in the 20s and 30s or whatever to yeah. to try to snuff out the first nations populations yeah, yeah and yeah, um yeah. yeah they they had a bunch here in elk island national park in edmonton just outside of edmonton there and uh recently they sent a whole bunch back to montana to repopulate oh really yeah yeah, yeah that's crazy i, I remember um uh, like i was gonna say we have a lot of bison here but we don't have actual buffalo yeah, in the Northwest Territories, when I was up there, you're not allowed to hunt in the park. Yeah. And that's where all the buffalo live. Right. Yeah. So um, there's a bridge that, that signals the end of the park. And the buffalo hang out on one side of the bridge. And the yeah. hunters are on the other side of the bridge, just waiting, right? Oh, and the buffalo, so you can kill them? Yeah. And, oh, and the God. buffalo never come out of the park. They always sit at that bridge yeah. and go the other way. It's yeah, like they, they know. They yeah. know. Dude, that's crazy, man. That's It's so wild to me that some animals are that smart because like dude just seeing some of these deer down here and and how used to humans they get bro oh my god i've seen deer get ran over by shredders i mean corn heads everything they're just dumb 
I mean, big big bucks. They're not really all that stupid, but and it's hard to it's hard to see them sometimes. But I mean, just your run of the mill does. Fuck, they're they're dumber now. They'll get ten feet away from you, and you can fucking holler at them, and they won't move because they're so curious. You know, you go into some of the mountain towns here in, in Alberta, like Banff and stuff like that. Yeah. You can get pretty close pretty close to the deer. You can pretty much pet them. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. a, fed, a, fed, a fed animal. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they say a fed, a fed animal is a dead animal. So, yeah. you, know, the, yeah. you know, like the bears and stuff like that. I wouldn't fuck with the bears. Yeah. I saw my, I saw my first bear of the season there two weeks ago. Mm. They're, they're awake and they're ready. Yeah, dude, that's crazy to me. I would shoot a brick or like wolves, bro. Oh my God. I would, I would have a heart attack if I heard a whole pack of wolves while I was hunting or something. So crazy story. I was working up in Northern Alberta at Fort McMurray uh, 10 years ago, and I was just started my night shift and out on the tailings pond, I heard what sounded like a dog fight uh-huh. and a large yelp. And then uh, and that was it. Yeah. it stopped. And, you know, there was a wolf there and a couple, oh, a few months later, I was walking into a building to fuel some stuff up at night and it's fresh, fresh snow, right? Oh my on my God. way back out, there are huge paw prints. And oh when we God, drove, yeah. when we we got in the truck, we backed out, and in front of us was a big timber wolf. Oh and um, also here in Alberta, in certain parts of the north, we have some of the largest super packs. Oh, dude, I that's yep. what I'm saying. I'd have I'd have an absolute stroke if I heard a wolf while I was hunting, <laughs> dude. I, I get, I, I that's why I always tell Dad, you know, like we don't really have nothing down here to be afraid of or whatever. But like I said, the occasional mountain lion or whatever, he's always like, "Oh, dude, you're scared of the dark." I like. I ain't scared of the dark. I'm afraid of what's in the dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I'm still running up the stairs trying to, before before the light goes out completely, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get up the stairs, you know? Yeah. I don't know what's yeah. in the dark, right? Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. And like, yeah. I don't know. It's so crazy because like where we hunt and stuff, you got to walk through cow pastures and stuff like that. So in the middle of the night, you're walking 10 foot from a fucking 2000 pound heifer or whatever. And it never bothers you. But then as soon as you hear a whole pack of coyotes, you're like, well, we you get out of here. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a coyote won't do nothing to you neither. It's just weird to hear them howling at night when you've been sitting out there all day. Oh, I've come across a couple coyotes there uh, outside of camp, you know, there's yeah. food all around. Right. So uh-huh. you come out in, in the winter, in the morning. So it's dark and it's, what looks like a dog is passing in front of you and it's just like what the hell <laughs> right and yeah. so so i just i i get real scared but oh my gosh it's a coyote right? yeah so like there ain't anything so. yeah see if i was up where y'all y'all are see like when i see something like that i'm like oh, whatever it's just a coyote but then when i'm like if i was up there i'd be like well is that a wolf you know like what the fuck bro <laughs> like, yeah the last time i shot a gun i scoped myself and broke my nose so oh shit yeah good times good times thanks thanks dave yeah what are what are the gun laws like up there for like hunting and stuff ah you know i'm not a big hunter so i i I don't know but i know pretty much it's it's almost illegal just to say the word gun yeah that's crazy dude yeah i know i know um a lot of hunting rifles especially recently they're they're trying to put more and more bans on guns i know the government is so out of touch here they yeah. recently put um on their uh, last year the year before that they they've come out with a list of rifles that were banned they ended up banning a coffee company are you shitting me 
Black Rifle Coffee Company, yeah. something, something like that. Yeah, something like that, man. It was oh crazy. My like, God. Oh, dude, it's insane. It's insane. Um, yeah, I don't know. You say the word gun, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh my don't... God, dude. But that's, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. And I think, I don't know. I'm not going to get political on here, but it's just, it's nuts to me. If I didn't have my hunting stuff, I'd be, I'd freak out, dude. Yeah, a lot of people are a little worried about what's happening, right? Because we have a very socialist government. And so with socialism, you voted in and you got to shoot your way out. Yeah. So, um, And they, they're banning guns for a reason, left, right, and center, right? So mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it's tough. It's a tough, tough situation. I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about it, so I, I don't want to speak too much on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is what it is. Um, hey, where, where can everyone find you on tick on 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 social media in general before we yeah. go too much further? Because uh, you you don't ever know who's who's hung on this long and who hasn't, right? So yeah. So every every social media platform I have is at Brian Andrews Music, except for like Twitter is like at Brian Andrews five three underscore or something like that. I don't know something weird like that. I don't really get on Twitter that much, but I don't uh, follow you there either. Yeah. Every everything uh, everything else is at Brian Andrews Music. And uh, like I said, you know, mostly mostly just on TikTok um, and Reels and YouTube, you know, for music videos and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on YouTube just because all the videos and stuff. Oh, I'll definitely, like I said, when we're done here, I'm going to subscribe ASAP. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got just about 600 subscribers on there now. I, hey, I'm there clipping go. along pretty decent. What are you at on YouTube? Uh, I think like 41,000. 41k so, nice yeah. i heard once you reach a thousand you kind of open the door for monetization yep that's it that's the milestone once you get once you get to a thousand you get that adsense and you start making money on it bro nice so. i i don't know if i have the qualifications for monetization you need a certain amount of watch time and views or whatever so. oh do you hell i don't even remember that but I will say once you start doing it, like, dude, I was making when I only had like 10,000 subscribers or something like that, I was only on YouTube, you know, so I was posting a lot to, to YouTube and stuff like that. And then when I started getting popular on TikTok, it started rolling over into my YouTube views and stuff like that. And I was making, yeah. you can make decent money doing it. I mean, posting a video a week that gets like 15, 20,000 views or something like that, you're making, you know, 1500 $2,000 a month. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, I, I, I post mainly just shorts on there, but yeah. I use the video. I was going to start my own uh, podcast YouTube page, mm -hmm. but I figured, you know what, like, this is my whole, my, the podcast is a part of my whole brand. Right? right. So, so I post the podcast on my Dick Frost uh, YouTube page in yeah. hopes that when I do get there, you know, the, the longer form content is the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. That's a, that'd be definitely the way to go, you know, and like you can, that's what I also love about YouTube too. You can make all kinds of different content. You don't have to be so niche specific, you know, stuff like that. And really, I never really treated TikTok that way either. You know, I just posted the shit about what I wanted to post about and it ended up working, working out pretty good for me. So um, yes, but they're definitely they're definitely is a pro tip for any TikToker out there. When you find something that works, do it again. 
Yep, absolutely. You remember that trend that was going around with the smallest violin? Yeah. Well, I went after Gen Z pretty hard in my first one, and it got almost a million views. So I went after them again and again. I did that trend like four times. Yeah, dude. And each one got like a couple hundred thousand views, right? So I was like, all right, but Gen Z has the power to take away your your whole (laughs) livelihood or your whole life on here. So I, I poked the bear, and then I left it alone. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the, I will say, I don't know, I'm not saying that it feels like a, like a fear type thing, but like for me at least, I don't give a fuck, dude, if you want to try to cancel me, you know what I mean? I'm not going to change, I'm, I'm, I feel like I don't have, I don't warrant anything to get canceled for anyways, and you know, half the shit that people are getting canceled for is, is fucking downright nonsense. Oh Yeah. That's my another, thing sorry go ahead. that's another that's another thing i love about just being independent you know what i mean i ain't got a fucking answer to nobody ain't no label telling me what to post and what not to post you know amen to that so for for me um you know it's at the point now and i've said this to uh, i don't know you probably don't know who uncle hack is he's he's an alberta legend so um for me you know, I said to him because he got uh, he got canceled pretty hard over some th- things that he said, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for 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 him and and for anyone else, once you have enough of a following and and a fan base, if you want to call it that, once you have that fan base established, if you get canceled, you just start another account. Your people will find you. Oh yeah, I mean it's like. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if it, it comes to the powers that be or whatever, where you get like, uh, you know, banned from TikTok or something straight up like that, dude, it's cool. Just start another, just start another account or whatever. But like, yep, that's what I'm saying. If it's just like, just the culture, and you're not actually banned on anything, it's just a bunch of people talking shit. Then fucking, who cares? Let them talk. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Hey, I uh, I usually. Uh, wrap the podcast up with uh, with with a question that I think is you know pretty pretty good and a lot of people it stumps a lot of people so I don't know have you listened to the podcast at all have you listened uh, to the episodes no oh, this is I'll good then to. I'll have to this is good then I've had some pretty good guests on I I'm I'm blown away by the amount of people that have been yeah, like man. hey absolutely but um so Mount Rushmore has four of the most influential people depending where you stand in American history on it. Um, every, and everyone has at least that many people that have influenced them. Who, who would be on your Mount Rushmore and why? Uh, my dad, first of all, uh, just cause I mean, that's where I learned my work ethic and just watching, watching him through the years, um, you know, just be there for everything, you know, the hard times, the good times and, and growing up and, and seeing, you know, getting mature in my age and stuff like that. And then really realizing the struggles that he went through when we were kids and even now. Um, so yeah, definitely my dad. Uh, and then shit, uh, probably my (laughs) shit, dude. I don't know. I would say like probably my high school football coach is on there just because, that was kind of like where I learned the the never give up mentality, you know, and I was so into that then, and it carried over so much now. Um, just he was a good, he was a great teacher, leader of men. Um, shout out to Coach Huff. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, shit, two and or three and four. 
I'm trying to think of like maybe people who influenced my I would probably put Luke Combs up there. I was a giant Luke Combs fan when uh when I first started writing because like honest to God, I would start I would write songs that sound just like a Luke Combs song when I first started out because I would just want to learn how to write or like the structure of writing and what makes a song sound good and stuff like that. So I was pretty shout much, out to Luke Combs version yeah. is one of my favorite songs of all oh, time. Dude. And, and yeah, dude. I remember when that song came out, I was like man, this is crazy, dude. This is one of the best songs I've ever heard. And then, you know, he just, dude, that, that, um, first album he came out with, fuck, I can't even remember what, what it is now, but what the fucking title of it is. But, um, yeah, with like Houston, we got a problem, you know, uh, moon over Mexico fucking, even though I'm leaving, that was a great song too. That might've been on the, what she is, what you get album, but, yeah, it was just I don't know. He I was just such a big Luke Combs fan, and I still to this day I don't think Luke Combs can write a bad song. So um, huge, huge into Luke Combs, and then probably just motivationally. Well, shit, dude, I don't even know. I don't even like. I would say probably music wise keeping on that same trend i would say probably like any any 2000s rock band or pop punk band you take your pick but probably someone like mayday parade i was pretty big into mayday parade in high school too and uh i don't know why they were just one of my favorite bands i love their love their sound that they went for especially on the um fucking romantics album they came out with I can't remember the name of it either, but um, yeah, it was a it was a great album, and and my mom would have to get an honorable mention on there too. Honorable and, mentions to yeah, mom, you know. Yeah. Hey, shout out to mom. Without her, you wouldn't be yeah, here. Right? Yeah, yeah, I ain't no shit. She probably should be higher on that list. But hey, I'm you know you got a pretty good list there, and you know honestly where you're at and where you've gone in your career, I I don't think she would be too upset, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, did you get your musical talent from her or your dad? Uh, yeah, so they're both um, music teachers at the high school I went to high school at. So my mom's, a, a, well, my mom actually just went to a different school, but she was my choir director in high school, and my dad was my band director. So wow, yeah, it was crazy, man. And I actually, when I went to college, that's what I went to school for. I went, I was a music major there. I was a huge uh huge in the band and stuff like that and um i went there on a scholarship and just you know obviously got wrapped up into some bad shit and ended up dropping out but you were forced to behave in high school yeah <laughs> well uh, you, you were forced kinda. you couldn't get away with shit it was a it was i would say that was my brother you know he was the older child so he didn't really get away with a lot but like i was the like sneak out type of kid, you know, the, the kid that didn't really tell my folks what was going on. Um, and all my buddies were just like the rowdy crowd, you know, in school. Cause in, in a small town, fuck, there ain't nothing to do, but, but drink and stuff like that. So we would go out and party and stuff like that all the time. And, and my folks were just kind of cool with it. Cause they had already been through it with Blake or my, yeah, my older brother, Blake. And they were like, whatever, he's, a, he's a, you know, he'll either survive or he won't. <laughs> You know, type of thing. You know? What 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 do your what do your parents and I guess your family think about you know the music paths you've taken? Yeah, so I think um, both my folks at first were like, 
and I think this is like this for anyone chasing this dream, and you can't hold it against them, but they're just so like you should have a plan B or like what are you doing with your life type of thing, you know? And you just kind of have to listen to that and let it go in one year and one ear and out the other. And like I said, you can't you can't hold it against them because your parents just want you to be safe. You know what I'm saying? Your parents don't want you to take the risk. They want you to just be mildly successful and have a decent life, you know. But if you got bigger dreams than that, don't be scared to chase them and you know and and live with that, you know, and and just let them kind of bite into it because when you when you start making it and shit like that, they'll just be like, Oh my god. Every time somebody recognizes me with my dad, he he shits his pants. He's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that that they know who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did a showcase last year in Columbia, Missouri at Rose Music Hall and we sold the show out and there was a bunch of people there beforehand, a whole line and stuff like that. And my mom and dad helped me run my merch table. And before the show, I was standing out there and I tried to meet as many people as I could and sign autographs and shit like that. And my dad was like, I, I just can't believe this. <laughs> you know, he just couldn't. He was so mind blown that, you know, that it, that I was doing that. that Hell know, yeah. It was one of the coolest things ever. So and now yeah. you got to retire him. Yeah, that's what that's the plan. That's the plan. I'm trying to. My dad's got three years left and my mom's got four. So I'm hoping I can get some real good money going on before before they uh so i can at least buy them out of a year or something like that you know do what two turn tony did for his dad <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe not maybe don't use your dick to do it but yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dude i think it's great i think it's great man there ain't I mean, there ain't no shame in making money brother i don't know that's the whole thing with OnlyFans nowadays, right? Like, a lot of people look down on that, man. But you know what? Our, our society is set up to be so damn expensive. Yeah, you bro. Can't, you can't start chopping people down or, or criticizing people on how they're choosing to survive. Yeah, no, absolutely not, dude. And I think it's great. If, if some, like, women and men can get on OnlyFans and make, you know, seven figures doing it, Absolutely, dude. We actually had an OnlyFans. We had a top one percenter on OnlyFans on on the podcast way yeah. back in the beginning. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's what's up, man. Hell That's yeah. Man, like I ain't got I ain't got no quarrels with that, man. It's a uh, it's hard enough, and I ain't here to judge nobody. And plus, like, dude, there ain't nothing to judge, anyways. You know what I mean? That's a live and let live. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a service people will pay for. If you don't like it, don't subscribe. That's the shit that cracks me up, though, about Amen. it. It's like the guys who always have a problem with it are the ones who are cheating on their old ladies watching it and shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. Dude, I guarantee it. I'm shit. done. 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 But, yeah, nah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is what it is. Like I said, I ain't throwing no shame at any way somebody makes money. Absolutely, buddy. Hey, man, th this has been a lot of fun, bud. And, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I, I, I say the same thing all the time about like, you know, I'm a little nervous going into um, recording because, yeah. you know, like it's, it's my baby. Right. And yeah. I just want it to be so damn good. And I never do my homework on the person, but you, I, I know a lot about yeah. you anyways, but I never do my, my homework on the person. Cause you know, I, I like to learn and be just as surprised yeah. as I am as the people that are going to be listening. And um, you know, so it's 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 always fun and you know i i get kind of 
nervous on podcast release day too right like yeah. i'm like oh there's eight hours until release time. <laughs> yeah oh there's three hours yeah oh half hour right and and it comes out like i had one drop today and and the whole day is just like all right <laughs> yeah anxiety you know, it's, it's yeah. my baby i want it to do good i yeah. want it to and and you know it, it's doing great it's doing fantastic but like each one you know i'm I'm honing in on my craft you know oh, what yeah. i mean i'm Absolutely. i'm getting better at it with each one we go and with the new headsets and the mic and stuff like that yeah, i'm excited for how it looks and sounds now right oh, yeah. so so you know where it's kind of like you with your music you know what i mean you probably had to hone in on that and you probably yeah. had to you know work at it it wasn't always great i'm sure but you know dude yeah. look at you look at you now man like yeah, you man. said luke luke combs can't write a bad song i don't think brian andrews can write a bad <laughs> hey, song i appreciate that brother that's Absolutely. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's always a constant work in progress man you always got to be moving somewhere you ain't going nowhere amen to that yeah. amen well this has been fun buddy yeah, for sure, dude. This thanks for, been thanks one for of my coming on. Podcast. Yeah, this, oh. this yeah, it's been awesome. My heart. Yeah, dude. Are, are, are you single? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. But no, for real, this has been one of my favorite ones to do. Oh, I appreciate that, man. That's yeah. that's awesome. Um, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, hey, Brian, you stay frosty, brother. Hey, you too, brother. All right, buddy. Yeah.